Suffering since your boy Barty here to introduce this rip of Rabbit Hole Recap. Matt and I just had a very good rip. I don't want to overshoot it. I don't want to overpromise anything. So I'm just going to say that. We had a very good rip. Brought to you by our good friends at the motherfucking Cash App. That was Cash App for those of you. Couldn't hear my enunciation at the end of that. The motherfucking cash app. There'll be stack sats, send sats, receive sats, and sell sats if you so please. Don't recommend selling sats. It's not investment advice, just life advice. And you can make sats to say anything. We're saying sats, 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 sats because we're not buying fractions of bitcoins anymore. We're buying whole sats, tens of sats, hundreds of sats, thousands of sats, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions if you're balling out. On top of that, you can DCA into sets. You don't want to just like buy like randomly, like, hey, I want to buy sets right now. You can set it and forget it. You can buy daily, weekly, bi weekly. Set it and forget it. DCA into sets. For those of you who don't know what DCA is, it's dollar cost average. The Cash App is allowing you to do that. On top of that, you can stack slivers of stonks if you so please. You don't have to. But if you want to, you can buy as little as $1 of a stonk via Cash App investing. Because all this is connected to your bank account, there's no four to five day waiting periods. You start stacking sats today. Cash App may even be your bank account. It's new bank of the future, bitches. All right, they're offering account numbers and routing numbers, so you get paychecks direct deposited into the app. Use the code stacking sats if you haven't downloaded the Cash App yet. What are you waiting for? You're gonna get ten dollars again if you use the code stacking cat. Stacking cats. You're not stacking cats here. We're stacking sats. If you use the code stacking sats, you're going to get $10. And $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. Use the code stacking sats and download the Cash App today. This episode was also brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. Unchained Capital. Is doing incredible things. One of my favorite companies in the space. They're building financial services for Bitcoiners with a security-first mindset, right? And this is uh, imbued in their product, their multi-sig vault product, and they're going to help you go from zero to having your your coins held in a multi-sig vault uh, with their concierge white glove service. So if you're out there, you want to get your Bitcoin secure. You haven't done so yet. You're a little bit nervous. Unchained Capital is here for you, for you with their white glove concierge service. They're going to take you from zero to having your coins in a multi-sig vault. Here's the package, right? Uh, for you freaks, this $1,450. If you tell them the TFTC sent you, it's usually $1,500. But what's going to happen is they're going to have multiple video calls with you. They're going to get you comfortable with multi-sig. They're going to get you comfortable with the, the multi-sig vault that Unchained offers. And what comes with that vault is you hold two keys, Unchain holds one. You always have the ability to move your sats in and out of your multi-sig wallet without Unchain, but they have one key just in case you need them. Uh, again, with this white glove concierge service, they are going to uh, have multiple video calls with you, get comfortable with multi-sig, get comfortable with their vault product particularly, and then at the end of the day, after you set up the vault, they're going to dump $1,000 into your vault on top of that, they're going to hook you up with uh, the uh, hardware wallets that you need to set up that bolt as well. So usually $1,500. If you tell them TFTC sent you $1,450, they're going to give you hardware wallets, walk you through the process, set you up, and then dump 
$1,000 worth of Bitcoin in your vault. So go check it out at www.unchained-capital.com. We're also going to uh, link directly to that concierge service in the show notes. Go, so go check it out there. Um, again, Matt and I had an incredible rip. Thank you to Cash App and Unchained. And I hope you guys enjoy your weekend. Take care. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Oh my gosh, it's good to be back. I mean, I'm seeing your face. I've seen your face like over the course of the month, but it's back in uh, back in my normal studio. And woo, we're going to be meeting in person next week. Not for RHR, unfortunately, but for a bit. Unfortunately, it's going to be for even better reason. Arbed out. We haven't even told him yet. Arbed out if you're listening. You haven't confirmed with him. Okay, well, we should probably, you should probably do that and then... We'll put it on the calendar. I hope you have nothing going on next Tuesday, Arbed Out, because we're we're coming for that ass. Yeah, we would like to record with you next Tuesday if you're available. Yes, if not, let us know. We'll reschedule for a different day. Oh, <laughs> uh, likely illegal. Interesting. Interesting. A lot of stuff going on this week, freaks. Dude, this week has been fucking ridiculous. I didn't realize how much shit fucking went down until we made the list. Yeah. I was heated today. I'm sorry. I was mad online on Twitter. If you freaks couldn't tell if you're following me on Twitter. A lot of uh, infuriating things going on. We'll we'll talk about it when we get to the uh, things that make us angry section. We're going to throw the ads on the beginning. This list is epically long. Maybe the longest list we've ever had. No, it isn't. Are you sure? I mean, it's up there, but... Yeah. And if you're in the uh, TFTC tribe on Sphinx, you're getting early access to this list, so you know what we're going to talk about. You don't know exactly what we're going to say. How are you liking the Sphinx experience so far? The desktop app is fantastic. Um, I was a mobile only. So, I mean, last RHR, you told me that I should pay attention more uh, to the to the tribe. The mobile app had dropped a bunch of messages that were that was in the desktop app that's like that's weird because I'm, so there's like a little bit of reliability they're working on there still yeah so i've been i've been using it mobile only i haven't used desktop yet but i'm on ios and i, I don't think i've been missing anything pretty sure oh, I I'm, an, I'm an android yeah um, that was a cool hour-long conversation with paul from sphinx on the noddle conference call earlier this week yeah i love those calls i wish i want more projects in the space to do those uh, Marty's referring to a the second noddle public uh, like I guess the idea is a monthly call where where we discuss the the state of noddle and um, Paul from Sphinx was on yeah. um, because noddle's doing uh, the back end if you if you use one of the hosted nodes it's it's noddle cloud yeah um, really good discussion really impressed by Paul and the Sphinx team, their vision. If you go, Esquedo should have that call up on YouTube. I'm not positive. 
know they had to. I think it's already back up. Is it back up? Yeah. So it was live, and now now it should be on the YouTube. Yeah. Um, but anyone could listen in, which is really cool. Yeah. And also, like, if you're freaking, you haven't listened to the Adam Curry episode yet, like, go back and listen to that. The Pod Father. Been emailing with him back and forth. He's a big fan of you, freaks. Very, uh, very impressed with the response that w- was that he received after that episode was published. Well, supposedly, we're not allowed to use the term pod anymore. Why not? Uh, why? He like set out a decree saying that we're not allowed to use the term pod anymore. It's just supposed to say podcast. So does that make? Does that mean we can't call him Podfather? Like he's supposed to be? Is he the podcast father now? I don't know, Adam. I'm too. Uh, this is going to be too too much rewiring. Uh, it's in my vernacular already. Um, Someone cc'd me on the clip out of him saying that we're not allowed to use the term pod anymore, and I responded, "We'll discuss it on the pod this week." <laughs> Here we are, Adam. I love you. I thank you for for pioneering the way to allow us to do this, allow us to reach the thirty uh, second most popular technology podcast in the usa according to spotify fucking hyped thank you freaks yes congratulations to all the freaks out there couldn't have done it without you couldn't have done any of this without you you are the reason we come back to these mics day in and day out your engagement your encouragement and your downloads that's insane right yeah 32 32 in tech podcast technology tech's a big sector too you know tech tech sector is a big pretty popular sector we haven't even had like a proper bull run yet with with TFTC existing. No, we've been TFTC started in October. I believe the first episode was October 1st of yeah, 2017. You had, like, you had like two months of bull market and RHR didn't happen until a year later. Yeah. RHR started in the depths of the bear market. Yeah. We've been ripping it. It's been beautiful. Again, thank you, Freaks. Adam is singing the praises of you, Freaks, as well. Uh, very impressed with the the warm reception he's gotten from you guys since that episode uh, was published. And yeah, very excited for the future of podcasting and the podcast. Uh, And you freaks make it all possible. And I think just so we don't get it lost, we're going to start out today with Clark Moody's dashboard. Then we're going to go right into the one shout out we have this week, which is actually a good topic. Uh, that I don't believe is on the list either. Um, Beautiful. So it'll be good. Good job, Freak. Yes. OG Freak, too, you'll see. Um, so we're pulling up Clark's dashboard. Uh, by the way, got back from my trip. Have my block clock mini, and it is addicting. I was going to say, did you move yours? There it is. I got, I got mine right behind me. I got my little rocket ship, and I have my bull. Ooh. Ooh. And I have my two whiskey bottles. This is like a good I Spy setup behind you. We can make this turn into a children's book. Um, all right. According to Clark Moody's dashboard, the price of Bitcoin right now is $19,452. You're going to get 5,141 sats per dollar, and the market cap of Bitcoin is above $350 million, currently standing at $361.1 billion. Uh, Bitcoin price and gold going up. Bitcoin versus the gold market cap right now is 3.03%. Broke that 3% threshold. Uh, Bitcoin price to gold, you're going to be able to get 10.5 ounces of gold we hit, per Bitcoin. We hit all-time high in shitty money um, Turkish on Lira. November 30th. 
Um, but we we have not hit all time high in gold yet. No, we're still short of that. Yes. Uh, hopefully we can we can get there soon. I'm confident we will. Uh, I don't know if we had this on the list either. Do you? The gold uh, and Bitcoin markets sort of diverging right now. A lot of outflows from gold ETFs and gold focused. We hedge talked funds. about that last week. Yeah. But we could talk about that every week forever because that's what's going to happen. What Bitcoin is only 3% of gold's market cap right now. So that's 97% just for parity. But let's be honest, we're going to fucking blow past that. Yeah. Nine trillion is, is not the, the top of the Bitcoin market nice cap. Nice conservative nine trillion price call. I mean, we're going to hit a trillion this, this run, at least, you think, right? I don't know. Let's finish the dashboard. All right. We're at block 659,822. There are currently 18,561,312.9 Bitcoin on the market. 88.39% of every Bitcoin that will ever exist have been distributed to the market. Uh, less than 12% left to go. So you better stack those sats while you can, freaks. UTXO sec is currently standing at 68,469,638. Where am I going next? Mining economics. Uh, there are 1,426 blocks till the next difficulty retarget and is estimated to be a downward difficulty adjustment of 5.2% currently uh, over this difficulty epoch since the last adjustment. Blocks are coming in at roughly 10 minutes and 35 seconds on average. Did we have a, an adjustment between now and the last time we, we met? Uh, we're 600 blocks away, so yes, probably. Yeah, we must have. Yeah. Uh, and the last adjustment was a 8.9% uh, upward difficulty adjustment. I don't believe we're at a difficulty all-time high right now. I think we're hovering around it. Uh, there are 26,768 transactions in Clark's mempool. 20.3% of those transactions are replaced by fee. Uh, there are 2.52 Bitcoin worth of fees in that mempool. Uh, fees versus reward. I've actually been watching this on my Block Clock Mini. That number has been going up consistently over uh, uh, um, the average of the last 2016 blocks. Uh, last I looked this morning, was sitting at like 0.522 BTC. Uh, predicted next block is uh, right around there or below there. Uh, the fees versus reward are about to be 5.85%. Samurai, unspent capacities up uh, 1,626.31 BTC, an unspent value of 31.7 million all-time high. I think high. that's an all-time high. Yeah, all-time high. It's definitely an RHR all-time high, almost $32 million. Yeah, almost. It's getting up there. According to Clark's dashboard, as fuck. you can still get a one sat per byte fee and if you're willing to wait a week uh we're going to go check mempool.space though to see what they're recommending uh currently if you have a high priority transaction fees are pretty low uh compared to when i checked them yesterday yesterday in the bent the high priority transaction i forget what the sats per byte was but it was about two dollars and 75 cents currently if you want to get your transaction included in the next block according to mempool.space it's 38 sats per byte or one dollar and three cents if you're willing to wait a little bit you have a medium priority it's 32 sats per byte which is about 87 cents and if you have a low priority if you have low time preference you're willing to wait quite a bit a few days uh 26 sats per byte or 71 cents uh is the current 
uh, fee that will that will allow you to do that. Um, so it seems like fee pressure is subsiding a bit. Yeah, but you know, it can just turn on you in a heartbeat. It can. It can. So be aware, freaks. Be aware. Um, I think that's all we got for the dashboard right now. Unless there's anything else you wanna, you're curious about. No, nope, no, nope, you 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 killed it, Marty. All right. So let's get into the shout out. Friends, please help me in our endeavor to gain consensus for Taproot. At the time of writing, 82% of Bitcoin mining pools have disclosed Taproot activation. According to taprootactivation.com, the one current large pool holdout is Binance Pool. Considering Binance currently has 9.5% of hash rate, their inclusion could bring minor consensus to a total of 91% for Taproot activation. Please join me in using all available means to badger and pester Binance until they respond. Also, check out the most up-to-date numbers on your Taproot activation at taprootactivation.com. Thank you for your time, a non-maximalist who has been here for over a decade. Shout out to this OG pushing Taproot. I'm going to go to Taproot activation and see where we are right now. Uh, last I checked, we were hovering around that number. Eight. I think he tweeted at us telling us to expect the shout out, right? Possibly. I'm not sure. Um, I remember liking the tweet. Currently... Total hash rate, the one-month average, at least, in support of Taproot, is 82.05%. So Binance at 9.6%, if they're still hovering there, uh, would bring that to 91, uh, over 91.5%. And I think, so I've been in some mining conversation, I think Binance pool may be a whitelisted BTC.com user. I think that's how... A white label, you mean? Yeah, white label. Excuse me, not whitelisted. Um, we don't want whitelists. Yeah, so I don't know how that works. If they're piggybacking on BTC. Anyway, it looks like this is a pretty non-contentious... Uh, Very non-contentious. Upgrade. And that actually brings up a good point, because our boy, Ben the Carman, from Short Bits. Shout out Ben. Ben Carman. He's been on the podcast before. Go check that out. He had Taproot Week last week, Incredible Educational Week of Content. He uh, brought up a good point due to the fact that it seems like it's not very contentious. Just to mitigate any potential headaches, it probably makes sense to use BIP9 as the activation method because BIP8, you'd Just have to straight add more minor activation. Yeah. Um, and if that doesn't work, then we'll play it by ear. I like that. I'm down to do that. It's super clean. I mean, to be to play devil's advocate here... Uh, this isn't even proper minor signaling, uh, but because it's just through this like this website, like this guy who works for Poolin, which is one of the pools. Shout out Alejandro, just, Alejandro, if you want to come on, the invite's open. We got to coordinate that. We've been talking in the back channels, right? Just not next Tuesday. <laughs> um, but uh, but even even like so-called proper signaling isn't like a commitment. There, there, there's nothing that says that they actually have to follow through with with what they say, but it does seem non-contentious. One thing I do want to mention, and it's kind of ironic mentioning it, um, I won't mention him by name, but I do feel like it's a little bit ridiculous. We, we, we've said, like, I, I would like to see some taproot criticisms, and there was a criticism that was Such leveled. Such a weak one. Um, one sec. Yeah, but by a B-casher, by someone who's a known B casher and it was a bullshit fucking thing. And I feel like it was kind of annoying that everyone felt like they had to respond to it. 
You know, like I don't I don't think you necessarily have to respond to a clearly bullshit criticism. Should we describe the criticism and explain why it's bullshit or I, I, just I feel like over it? after saying we sh- you shouldn't respond to it necessarily to actually explain it and then respond to it. Okay. We'll would over. be kind of ironic, but you're, you're welcome to if you'd like to. I mean, okay, I'll do it then. The criticism is basically that moving to Taproot is going to, uh, there's going to be identifiable address types. Once you do that, you're going to be able to distinguish between Taproot addresses and legacy address and, and uh, wrapped segment. It adds a new address type. Yeah, exactly. And which we already have multiple address types, and Taproot is being implemented to uh, sort of take care of this problem right now right so if you get taproot activation and a majority of the network adopts it hopefully that won't be a problem going forward that's all i'll say about that i mean the criticism is that if you add an ad every time you add an address type it splits up the transaction so it creates more fingerprints um privacy wise but look the the end goal is that this is a better address type so uh, people will ultimately move towards it in the future based on just simple incentives of it of it being better, both from a cost perspective and a privacy perspective. Um, and it's it's basically a similar incentive as SegWit was. So, you know, in the beginning, we didn't see SegWit get adopted and, and it's been adopted slowly over time and that it is what it is like. Um, yeah, and this- it is it is definitely... It's a concern troll criticism, very, 100%. Very big concern troll and actually... Brings up a good topic that's not on the list either. Um, I don't want to butcher his name. Works at Blockstream. Nickler. He's got uh, one of those. Oh, gosh. I got to find it. Um, ben, I know you were tweeting about this. So I'm going to go to your profile to find the tweets. I know it's buried. Talking to Ben Carman. Um, Give me a second here, freaks waiting. Scrolling. What happens when Marty goes off list? Scrolling. Yeah, I'm sorry. Off list. I'm jacked up today, freaks. Again. Should I go to the first list op- topic while you're looking for this? No, I'm going to find this uh, real quick. Three, two. All right, I'm not finding it. Go for the first list topic. Millions of dollars worth of Bitcoin transactions have gone through while Marty's looking for this thing. The uh, um, value transacted per second is about $500,000 right now, so that's correct. There you go. I was right. Um, so we had a fresh set of Ledger phishing scams that went out, um, pretending to be Ledger Wallet with a link um, that would then ask you to put in your secret backup words, your seed phrase, uh, to steal your funds. Um, this is based off of that same compromise of their web shop that happened uh, a bunch of months ago. Um, so now the you know the attackers have uh, your name, your email address, and your phone number. This, these have gone up by text and by email. Um, I have had a bunch of people send them to me. They look pretty legit. Uh, they are not legit. Uh, they'll they'll actually it actually says your name in the text message or the email, uh, which makes it seem more legit. It'll say like. Um, unauthorized access to your account or your account has a new transaction has been sent or whatever, click this link. Um, so yeah, it's never, I mean, the, the very simple thing is you should never enter your secret backup words into the computer. Um, the only time you should ever be entering it into a device should be into the, the ledger or your hardware, any, any of the hardware wallets, the main hardware wallets directly into the device when you're restoring a backup. Otherwise it should be kept offline ideally in steel, but even if you just write it on a piece of paper and, and store it somewhere securely, 
But you always have to remember that if anyone gets access to those words, um, they can steal your funds. The second thing is, obviously, this shows uh, a weakness of these companies having your personal information. So you should try whenever you order these devices to obscure your personal information as much as possible. Um, you know, you use a PO box or remailer address instead of your home address. Use an email address that's dedicated for that purpose. Use a phone number, a burner phone number that's dedicated for that purpose that's isolated from your normal accounts. Um, ideally, if you could buy it in person with Bitcoin or cash uh, at a conference or a meetup, that is even better. And then just last but not least, ColdCard has a policy, CoinKite has a policy that if, if you reach out to them to delete your data, they will delete your data. So um, if, if CoinKite has any data on you that's the maker of ColdCard, you should reach out to them and request data deletion. Obviously, you can't prove they deleted the data, but you should still probably do it anyway. It can't hurt. Just in case, Avery Dalfo, uh, delete my data, please. I found... You, you, I know you're that listening. Doesn't work, Marty. You have to email. I know them. you're listening. You know my email. <laughs> I found what I was looking for. So, Nickler on Twitter. Pretty sure he works for Blockstream. Bitcoin Core contributor. Yeah, Bitcoin Research at Blockstream. Uh, N1CKLER on Twitter. Uh, he is messing around with Taproot on Signet, which is a testnet. And he uh, tweeted out. A really cool thing. I talk, We talked to Ben Carman about it and had him explain it to us in the Sphinx tribe. Uh, so he, he basically uh, signed a message in a taproot ring signature uh, that makes uh, use of bare pub keys and taproot and libsec p 256k1 zkp ring signatures. So he basically proved that he owns one of five outputs, I believe, on the test net. Uh, but you don't know which output he owns and when, if and when Tapper gets activated on mainnet, this could be a huge boon for, for coin join implementations where you could prove that you do own a certain input in an implementation, but you don't have to reveal exactly which one. Exactly. Yeah. So just a, an example of how Tapper can enhance Bitcoin's privacy at the protocol level and particularly in coin join implementation. So that was exciting to see. Yeah. I mean, that's why the complaint is a massive concern troll because, you know, Taproot sets up all these uh, heuristic breaking things uh, that will help Bitcoin privacy. And we should, we should not stifle ourselves with no new address types. It's just a concern troll from a big B casher. Bcash. And like a known Bcash. BSV loss. Any running? Should we just name him? Nikita from Blockchair. Like he runs a good. No, I mean. It's... Okay, yeah. He runs a good He runs a good block explorer. Yeah, I mean, Blockchair is a good block explorer. Yeah. I like it a lot. I just disagree with. with the U... I like blockstream.info and mempool.space and oxt.me better, though. I like them as well. I like all of them as well. Um,. I just feel, yeah, yeah, we just did it, though. We just responded to his fucking concern troll. It's just a fucking DDoS on fucking time. Well, there, I, I'm sure there may be freaks out there, because I, I got asked this somewhere else. I forget exactly where. 
maybe it was on another podcast or something, but somebody asked me about it and I'd answer it. And people are curious about there. Maybe the FUD's out there. Maybe some freaks are listening right now. They, um, they do not know about this. Um, so this ties back taproot. We're talking about taproot here ties back to our shout out. I just want to thank you freaks for the shout out. If you do want to give a shout out that is read on air, go to tftc.io slash contribute. We love reading them. We love interacting with you freaks. Um, it's something that gives us much joy. And another thing that gives us much joy. Oh, sorry. You can also troll us in the tribe and maybe we'll mention it. Yes, that's true. That's true. Um, Another thing that gives us joy is shilling the corn. And that's the cool thing to do now. Everyone's just fucking shilling the corn. I feel like I I much preferred when it was the contrarian take. And I got to be the you know contrarian. Now it's just like the normal the normal move are we gonna, on CNBC and shit. Are we going to shift to fiat bulls now? We're, we're, we, we just become dollar bulls. Yeah. Bullish on the dollar. Stack in dollars. Stack in stack in cents. Stack in cents. <laughs> yeah. So who are we going to start with? Who is the first show we're going to start with? We got to start with our boy Paul. I mean, he's been the most consistent this year in my eye, uh, outside of Giga Chad Michael Saylor. But uh, the best part about Paul Tudor Jones's recent show is that he said that Bitcoin's market cap is five hundred billion dollars when it's about three fifty. Yeah. And he said it would overtake golds, and he mentioned the market cap of fiat currencies around the world and stock markets around the world, and sort of alluded that Bitcoin may achieve that that market cap as well. I think he's still learning, though. If you listen to the interview, Pomp posted it. Uh, it was on Yahoo Finance, and no, Yahoo Finance posted it, and Pomp just did. He just took their video. That's, and, that's and I mean, that's where I that's where I watched it. Shut up, Pomp. Thank you for your shilling. Um, somebody else has been shilling with us, but I think our boy Paul's getting there. I do think he is underappreciating Bitcoin's potential to be more than a store value. Did you get that feeling as well, too? You sort of boxed it into. Yeah, I mean, these guys, you know, I mean, look, like Paul is, he's buying on CME, you know, he's, he's, he's not, he doesn't actually own any Bitcoin. He just doesn't even realize that yet. Um, but, uh, you know, one step at a time. Paul, I love your enthusiasm. would love to have you on the podcast if you're listening. I know you're listening. But the nonchalant uh, Bitcoin price being up, like, what, like 15% higher than, <laughs> than what it currently is, um, is, is kind of just, is it, that's what the mental thing it's does. It's closer to, to right? 50%. Like I, it's like $160 million off. It's at like three. 30 right now. 160 billion dollars off yeah yeah so it's like 50 percent off that's pretty crazy yeah i mean and, and it's it's what it's it's what the mind does right it's like a mental math thing like i now i do all my math at twenty thousand dollars yeah we're not there yet though getting close but all my math is going to be there no matter what like i remember when we fell down to 3500 for a while my Still number was 10K. stuck at 10 yeah and then on the way up, my number was stuck at 10 too, which was more dangerous, right? When we were at like 16,000 or whatever, I was treating like a million sats as $100. Yeah, it is weird. That's why it gets harder. And you got to check uh, Block Explorer's price index. Check out Clark's dashboard. Just, no, it's fine. It is what it is. If you, I mean, look, if you, if you ask Pierre, it's just... 
Like, I, I don't know why we're trying to price it in shitty money. It's just one sat equals one sat. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So then we had BlackRock. We had Larry Fink from BlackRock shill the corner. I love this shill particularly because he was shilling to Mark Carney. He's a disgusting, despicable human being that hates Bitcoin. He's not despicable because he hates Bitcoin. He just so happens to hate Bitcoin and be a despicable human being. But I love... Why is he a despicable human being? He's just been part of so much scummy shit. He was head of the Bank of Canada at one point. And the Bank of England too, Bank I think, of England right? as well. Again, I shilled this. I've shilled this documentary in the past but it's called all the plenaries men p-l-e-n-a-r-y apostrophe s 56 minutes long i actually rewatched it today because i wanted to uh, reignite my hatred for mark carney and he's just one of many uh well, anyway his body language his body language while uh while while lawrence fink was uh well so let's let's talk about the show it was actually it's mind-blowing because the the main and i wrote about it in today's ben the main point that stuck out to me particularly was that he is being forced to look into this because his clients are demanding it and the way he knows that is because he can look at blackrock's website and see what people like are clicks. searching yes he's tracking clicks right he's tracking searches like people are going on blackrock yeah. and like searching so i believe he said covid uh, monetary policy and it was like nothing. Bitcoin it was negligible in comparison to Bitcoin. It was thirty thousand for COVID, thirty thousand for monetary policy, and six hundred thousand for Bitcoin. Yeah, so it's it's negligible. Twenty x twenty x the closest thing, which is crazy. So that means his and, clients and, are demanding and be, it, and they're being forced to look into this. And just to be clear here, Fink is the CEO of BlackRock, which is the largest asset manager in the world. Trillions of dollars. Yeah, and 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 when he mentioned it too, he mentioned he was like, it kind of sounded like our boy Brad Sherman. Uh, he was like, you you start to question why you need the dollar as a reserve currency if you're a non-American. Well, yes, exactly. Right? He so, he specifically said that, which is mind blowing. Which is a more based version than the store of value thesis in my mind. Like that that's a step above PTJ. saying like, oh, it's a gold two point It's a it's a it's not only gold 2.0 but it's disrupting this this dollar hegemony right yeah he i think he particularly said like why would any foreign country foreign government hold dollars in reserve when they could hold bitcoin or a digital currency and that is again our boy paul we love you paul uh it seems like larry is getting a little closer to you but even he is not far enough he's just seeing like they should just use bitcoin for international trade uh, and each currency should still have their so sovereign currency that has its use case, but uh, is not either fully there where it's like, hey, it's a reserve currency, and guess what? You can use it as a transactional currency as well. Yeah, if either of you guys want to learn how to use your own node and uh, coin join and provide lightning liquidity, I'm happy to help you out, no charge. Me as well, and if you want to learn how to donate to Bitcoin Core, not Bitcoin Core development only, but Bitcoin protocol development, at large, whether it be Libitcoin, Bitcoin Core, not, uh, we're here to help you as well. Uh, give back to to this asset that your clients are demanding it. Everybody's demanding it. People know so something is wrong, dude. People the are next waking shill, up. The next shill came out of Bloomberg. He actually was before both of, well, PTJ, Paul was already like before, but uh, he was before Larry Fink. Niall Ferguson. Yeah. In, in Bloomberg, 
yes, and Niall Ferguson is pretty based. I'm, I've been a Niall Ferguson fan for a while. He's actually a really good monetary historian. Has written, uh, I believe. But he didn't like Bitcoin, right? He didn't, but he's he's coming around to it. I think uh, it's, this is a bullish fuck. It is insanely bullish. Besides the mining fud, and that's the, that's the beautiful thing about it, is that that's the only negative that he sees, and he doesn't realize. So, for you freaks who aren't aware of. The article that came out in Bloomberg, I believe it was Saturday morning. It was a Saturday morning article. The 29th, yeah. It was an incredible shill. I actually had people text me that I've been like lately shilling to for um, for years now. And they were like, hey, this convinced me. I got, I got two particular texts. They were like, hey, this this article convinced me. And I think what did it well is like Niall is a good storyteller. Um, and he basically told the story of where he explained or described a book about Scotland, Glasgow in the eighties and the dirty money that people were using. Uh, and even though it was dirty money and they were using it for, uh, pretty illicit activities, it did allow these individuals to live. And he said in the year of COVID when cash is, uh, being, being victimized and not victimized, uh, it's the wrong word. Villainized is the word I was looking for. And people are going to a cashless society. Bitcoin actually makes sense because it helps preserve some sovereignty mm. for, for individuals. And his only negative was that Bitcoin mining consumes too much energy. But when he realizes that Bitcoin mining consumes otherwise wasted, stranded, or underutilized energy, and Bitcoin mining makes us more energy efficient, I can't imagine how bullish he's going to be. I mean, when he says dirty, he literally means like they were. It was like filthy, Crummy. Yeah. like 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 the like the money, <laughs> like the the money wasn't clean. But that's another term. It, like not financially dirty. It was it was just fucking dirty money. Jeremy, yeah, yeah. Um, so that no, yeah. This was a super bullish article. It was just and and the 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 fucking title in Bloomberg. It was an opinion piece in Bloomberg, but still. Bitcoin is winning the COVID-19 monetary revolution. The virtual currency is scarce, sovereign, and a great place for the rich to store their wealth is like a fucking insane headline to see in Bloomberg. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Shout out to you. I mean, it's not even the biggest story of the week. Like, how the fuck? Like, this week has been fucking ridiculous. It's Bitcoin forces people to bend the knee. People are bending the knee left and right. Are you going to... Unreal. <laughs> this is why I'm stacking sense now. <laughs> mini, mini pause here. Uh, meme of the week. Shout out to our boy, American Hoddle. Uh, the Knights of the Round Table. Uh, every, How fucking funny <laughs> Everybody that? around number go up. It's like Wall Street plebes. Uh, I forget what else the third one is. And then... Corporations. Corporations. Then you in the background. Matt O'Dell ready to cut somebody. If they try to go <laughs> up there. <laughs> I laughed out loud when that when I saw that. I think I was the first retweet on that. You guys can go f- poach that. How's that feel to be known as the guy who's going to cut people if they try to call out Bitcoin? There's 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 thousands of us in there. They're called freaks, and you better be you better be careful yeah. out there. You couldn't see it, but I'm behind Matt too, with like a bigger knife ready to cut ready to cut people as well. <laughs> and and me, <laughs> if I step out of line. Yeah, it is. I mean. Are we getting ahead of ourselves here? Should we? Is this too much good news? Well, like the next, 
I so I the, the way I set up the the lineup was that we got super bullish and then I bring us back into uh I like that. into check. Bring us back to to be humble. And uh so this scared the shit out of me. Um our favorite naked mole rat Brian Armstrong uh did a tweet thread basically right after RHR was released last week. I think it was intentional he wanted to wait till after we published. Um so we couldn't cover it for a week. Um, but he was concerned uh, that the Trump administration, specifically Mnuchin, was going to rush... Munch of butts. Um, <laughs> exactly. It was going to rush self-custody restrictions out before um, the transition happens to the Biden administration. And this is particularly notable because, first of all, the beginning of the tweet thread basically sounded like something I would tweet until he went into like all the DeFi bullshit. And then the second thing is, like, this is coming from the guy who's selling fucking surveillance software to the IRS and the DEA and has, like, a team of lawyers that tells him not to talk about anything and doesn't want to upset regulators. And if he's sounding the alarm over something like this, I feel like it must be pretty bad. Like, he must be really actually concerned. And, and some people, like, targeted him and said, like, oh, you're trying to dump the price of Bitcoin. Um like that's I I think that's ridiculous. Like it, it, the shit coins dumped worse. You know, <laughs> he 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 has he wants to see all this shit go up in value. So I I I think that's a fucking ridiculous premise that someone like Brian Armstrong is trying to tank the price of Bitcoin and shit coins. I and and I am concerned that if he feels that the need to come out with something like that, then then maybe it's even worse than. You know, we've been very vocal about concerns about self-custody. And, and if he's saying it, that really worries me. Yeah. So there's some theories around this. First of which is that he dropped that thread right before a big holiday in the U.S. Thanksgiving uh, to sort of scare people and uh, take, them, take them off the scent of a New York Times article by Nathaniel Popper that that he had win that was going to come out. Uh, we're going to talk about a that hit as piece. well. Yeah, that was a, a fucking piece. hit piece. Yeah, I hit have piece. that on the list too. Yeah, it was pretty terrible. I mean, but he also had a thread on that hit piece that they they jumped ahead of the thread. They had a thread and a blog they post had a blog on the hit post piece. About it, yeah. Yeah. So if he's trying to not have attention on that hit piece, then why did he fucking you know, have a blog post in the thread about the hit piece yeah, that's before redundant. the hit piece got launched. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, and we said on this pod Wednesday morning without Brian Armstrong tweeting that we thought the price was going to either go sideways or down over the holiday weekend, because a lot of this has been driven by U S markets and like those traders still haven't realized that they can trade Bitcoin 24 seven. Um, so they like go home and stop trading on holidays and weekends. Yeah. He's worried. He's concerned. I know he's concerned. But another another take I heard is that this actually affects uh, DM now, I guess they're calling it, formerly Libra. Horrible name. Everyone there should get fired. Right. DM me. DM me. Like, what are you going to message like, me? Like, you, you know the name is bad when you have to say it and then spell it. Yeah. You, when you say, oh, oh, yeah, they changed the name from Libra to DM, D-I-E-M, oh, and you have to, like, spell it out for people. Latin like, that's when you know it's a bad name. Latin for day. Like, yeah, why? and then the one thing they did make sense with Libra, DM or whatever, is that 
it is something we have said on the pod before. Instead of their basket of currencies, the idea is just a straight USD stable coin, um, which makes sense to me. You get it to the market, and then you can, after it's in, in consumers' hands, you can start playing games, and regulators probably won't stop you. That's probably the way for them to do it. But really, like... They're missing, you know, the forest for the trees here, right? Like, like the, the, the key is, is they should integrate a Bitcoin wallet. They can integrate a DM wallet, whatever, with Bitcoin into WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger and all of their messaging platforms. They would be the number one fucking Bitcoin wallet. And they would have so much transaction history and fucking user information. They'd be the number one chain surveillance company. Um, that would fucking suck. But that's the fucking business model right there. You know, the creating a centralized stable coin does not give them any kind of benefit over WhatsApp pay or Facebook pay or whatever fucking centralized payment method without a blockchain they already fucking have. Well, the way I understand it, they, they rebranded a DM to get away from Libra because they want to distance themselves from Facebook. I think this is like a, a rogue group breaking away from the Facebook. Oh, no. I think it's because the regulators just hate the name Libra. So... They, they they hate they hate the original Libra concept, so they want it to be distinct. Okay. But Facebook, it's still very much a Facebook led initiative. It's not separating from Facebook. Okay. Um It's like European regulators and stuff already like put the kibosh on the idea of a of a basket of currencies operated by Libra. Operated by Facebook. But anyway, let's get back to fucking naked mole rat. This is not good. This is not good. If he's concerned enough to fucking tweet it out publicly, and to the point where in the list, I put the archive link of his tweet thread because I feel like it's one of those threads that could disappear. You know, like that's the kind of thread it is. I'm, you don't see that. You don't see that from the largest Bitcoin exchange CEO. I know. I know. But I go back and forth like... Uh, actually, yeah, it's... It's scary. But what, so if it is implemented, basically what they're saying is, hey, you need individuals to identify that and confirm that they have custody of the address that they send it to off exchange. Correct? Right. So it's similar. So you lose plausible deniability of the withdrawal. Yes. And then presumably, and this is something that we've speculated on, on the podcast, right? Many times in the past. But then that's the first step towards a full self-custody ban. You do that step first. Yeah. Fuck. And and if you if you already self-custody your coins, which every freak should. And if you and if aren't, you aren't, start doing it now. Like that should yeah, be a, a shot across the bow of like, hey, maybe like withdraw, we withdraw, withdraw. It, like, we've been very critical of Coinbase, Brian Armstrong particularly, but if this was him like, hey, this is his Paul Revere moment. The British are coming. The British are coming. <laughs> like, uh, I, I respect that. So what I was saying was, you know, I don't, it's, it's harder for them to claw back coins that have already in self-custody. It's way easier for them. And they might, I'm not saying they're not going to, and they might, you know, make examples out of people using, you know, the surveillance data they already have, the ownership KYC data they already have. But it's a way more severe step them trying to claw back already self-custodied coins than just blocking off the on-ramps like they could it's way easier and more tenable for them to just stop self-custody stop letting you from self-custody and if you mix that with 
the fact that Glassnode and other open analytics platforms are showing uh, massive net outflows from exchanges, you know, all the guys who say the halving's priced in, like right now people are pricing in the risk of self-custody being banned. Like that's what's happening. So you mix that in with the largest Bitcoin fucking exchange CEO tweeting out publicly that he's concerned about this shit with that at the same time. And I have just like a shit ton of alarm bells ringing. Like that does not, that does not sound good to the point where like every morning since that thread has gone out, I wake up, I'm like, I wonder if they blocked all the on-ramps, you know, like I wonder if you're able to withdraw or not. What's steel madness? Like what is the viability that they can do this? Like constitutionally from a legal perspective, who the can problem s- with relying on the Constitution is that it's going to take time. Well, well, so that's, I guess that's a distinction we have to define here. Is it going to take time to implement this rule or take time to roll no. it back once implemented? That, the second. The rule can, the, the change can get implemented right away, right? Because any of these big, you know, brokers and exchanges... They don't want the liability, right? So the second they see this liability overhead, they're going to cut themselves off themselves. They're not going to. They're not going to put their fucking neck on the line. Put your users. fucking necks on the line. Stand up for something. <laughs> what happened to bravery? What happened to standing up for principles? What are there any men left in this world, Matt O'Dell? Are there? Is there anybody We're willing to women. stand up for something in today's day and age? Sack the fuck up, please, everybody. That's, Maybe that's what Brian Armstrong's doing yeah, right now. Yeah, no, exactly. That's why, we, again, like I said, we talk a lot of shit on Coinbase and Brian Armstrong particularly, but you have to give kudos where kudos are due. If this is a Paul Revere moment, thank you, Brian. I respect you, and you're trending back towards positive territory. I respect this move, at least. Yes. Give props for props. And please, oh, the whiskey's hitting already. I haven't drank in, like, six days, so I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> like where are all the men where is the principle where are is the courage like are you just going to give in because somebody on a piece of paper says you have to do something like but you realize marty we've been scared not scared but concerned justifiably about all this backdoor talk about the travel rule bullshit right and we kept saying um, we want people to stand up and fucking talk about it publicly because you know, all this back channel thing is, is scaring the shit out of me. And, and the fact that like no one wants to talk about it on the record is scaring the shit out of me. And then all of a sudden the fucking CEO of the largest Bitcoin exchange in the world comes out with a fucking full on thread about self custody restrictions. And people are like, he's just trying to FUD the price down. Like, no, like that's exactly what we want. We want them to talk about this publicly. What is his incentive to talk the price down? Like, what is Brian Armstrong? That's what I'm saying. He makes money both ways. Shitcoin's dumped farther anyway. I mean, no, the theory is is that he makes money on trading fees. So volatility is like the best thing ever for him. But let's be honest. Like, this guy's got a fucking massive bag of shitcoins. Like he probably has some Bitcoin too, but he has a massive bag of shit coins. He's not trying to tank the price. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I highly doubt that tweet thread was intended to like why. Number one, if it was like if that was his intention, and it comes out that it was like the dude's going to jail. Like the, that risk is not worth it. 
he he might like that thread's gonna get him in hot water regardless. Like his lawyers are fucking furious at him right now over that thread. There's no way they they signed off on that. Well, again, gotta get props where props are due. We called you a naked roll rat. We've shat on you a bunch, but Brian Armstrong, is you ringing the alarm bell? Thank you. And uh, and it's true. He's right though that DeFi is way more vulnerable than Bitcoin. Well, so. Because it's not actually decentralized finance. Like you said, like I, I think that, that may be the intention is he's more worried about that. 100%. Yeah. And Bitcoin. Um, we shall see. Oh, I'm all fired up. We got a There's long. There's your dose of humility. We got a long list coming too. So let's talk about the hit. I think, I think the price spike. Well, can we just for a second? Let's pretend it happens, right? Let's pretend there's a self-custody ban. Um or like heavily restricted. So like the flow of, of self custody becomes like way more restricted. Like the price in the short term pumps on it. Right? You you won't be able to get any Bitcoin. I mean, if you want to talk about Bitcoin shortages, that's a Bitcoin shortage right there. But people I'm trying to think I'm trying Well the price for me pumps. If I can get my hands on Bitcoin, I'll pay more. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to game. The real price, the price on BISC and HODL HODL pumps. Right? Yes. More demand. If there, Like imagine well, every that's coin I, that's so, held in Cash App, held in Coinbase, held in Kraken, held in Bitstamp, all becomes off the market. That you can't, you can't actually take it, custody of it. Do you have, what, like 4 million, 5 million coins off, like, like off the market? Matthew, this harkens back to the point I was getting passionate about earlier. Like, I'm not confident there's enough strong men out there to seek out Bitcoin on these exchanges. I think that would spook at least a considerable amount of people who are just trading this shit to dump it right away. Yeah, but there will be two prices. There's the real price and the cuck price. Is this the bifurcation of the network? I, I, that would be a clean bifurcation. Like no, it wouldn't. It would. It would just for short term. It would be, but not long term. Long term, it works itself out. I don't know. I can't speak with any certainty on this topic. It is very uncertain. And who knows if it comes true? Like uh, nothing's happened. Didn't you say it was imminent? Like supposed to happen like beginning of this week? Yeah, I mean it's been two. It's been three days since Monday. <laughs> it's not four it's days not, now markets closed we have four market days in it hasn't been it hasn't been that long and doesn't the trump administration have like, bigger things to worry about aren't they like what did you see that iranian scientist they killed i mean was it us well it was it was like it was probably mostly israel yeah. but it was like with the backing probably of us yeah no they, yeah we had to give the all right we know you're doing this yeah, no, I did hear about that. They're scrambling to like finish things up. This is why, like, part of my theory with Bitcoin. Well, what, but what, I don't think the Trump administration wants to kill the Iranians. I think they want peace. Like, oh, I mean, wait, wait, I mean, the Trump administration. The first thing they did was t tore up the the nuclear, the nuclear deal. agreement. Yeah, and they know Biden will take it back. Okay. But anyway, my point is, like, I feel like the best thing that could happen to Bitcoin is that all these people get changed every four years. That just, like, they, they don't have enough time to, to implement their shit. Because if you looked at the end, like, they were getting ready to fuck Bitcoin. 
towards the end there, right? Like they had the DOJ 84 page thing. They had the attack on encryption. But aren't you um, a big? Weren't you a big believer that Hillary would have been terrible for Bitcoin and isn't? Buying, yeah, hundred percent. Buy an extension because, of that though. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. And then, and, but you know, hopefully he just focuses on trying to attack like the Trump administration, and then by the time they like focus on Bitcoin again, they get replaced, and then the next one gets replaced. Like, like maybe the best thing for Bitcoin is just that, that no one gets eight years. Big churn. You know what I mean? It's just like like the DO, like the like uh, the AG gets replaced, the Treasury Secretary gets replaced. Who's it getting replaced like, with? With with our buy Bitcoin lady. Yeah, you think she's gonna? You, you think she has Bitcoin sign guy in the back for mine like that little fucker? Hundred percent. That little fucker. Like she probably she probably wants to kill Bitcoin just because of Bitcoin sign guy. Do you think I like like if I was if I was one of Janet Yellen's friends like I would troll her all the time about that right? Yeah, you have to shout out to Zero Edge and our boy Bitcoin sign guy. Yeah. Best tweet. BSG. Best tweet of the week. The real BSG. I think that Zero Edge tweeted out that picture of poetic. It's poetic. <laughs> you got to go listen to episode thirty-five. I didn't realize it was that early on in TFTC's history. But that was uh, an episode with Bitcoin sign guy. And the, I was there for that one. The poetic. You were there for the second one. Oh, so what was that episode? That was like it was the actually we recorded it on the one year anniversary of him holding up the buy Bitcoin sign behind. Yeah, so what yeah. Have, do we know what number that was? July 12th. I, Zero Hedge point, uh, the tweet had the picture. It was like, if you listen to this guy's advice, I think it was up over 3,000% since. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Janet's sitting there like, that little fucker. I fucking hate that guy. And you know what? I'm going to kill Bitcoin when I get in the office. Like, I honestly would not be surprised. Well, anyway, well, I think... Mnuchin hated Bitcoin very much, and he was very clear about hating. Yeah, well, they're all entrenched incumbents. They all hate Bitcoin because it makes them irrelevant. Let them just change, you know. If 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 the change, the chaos is good. It's accelerationism. Yeah, the chaos is good for Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, don't let them get their feet. You know, don't let them ever get balanced and ready to 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 make moves. And this is so I've been. I gotta work on my. I don't have anger issues. I say I get too heated. I get easily triggered. Joe, hey, don't get triggered. Triggered is weakness. Yeah, I'll concede that. I concede that. I'm gonna work to be better and get triggered less. But it's hard not to these days. Would you agree <laughs> with that? I agree, hundred <laughs> percent. The, but the. With that being said, if we're if we're focusing on this, I get triggered all the time. To be quite honest, I'm not. I'm not saying like I'm trigger proof. I'm just saying every time I do get triggered, I say to myself, Matt, weakness. Yes, I need. I need that Marty voice in the back of my head, oh. like whispering. Like it could be my voice if you want it to be. Just yeah, Marty. Will you record something for Stop me? Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but if we're focusing on this transition, it's becoming abundantly clear that Joe Biden, his administration. By extension, Janet Yellen, who he would like to get nominated as the Secretary of the Treasury, wants to I mean, bring... She's going to be the Treasury Secretary. Yeah, they want to bring woke capitalism to the White House and the Fed. And Bitcoin is proper woke capitalism. Not according to the New York Times article about Brian Armstrong, which is the bunch How of... How good was the title, though? We'll give him that. Can we give him the title, at least? Like, 
I mean, like, like Popper can go fuck himself. He's he's salty that he didn't buy Bitcoin instead of writing so the book. Salty. He should have bought some Bitcoin. So salty. Um, but, but, but the the title of the hit piece was tokenized, and it was it was about it was inside about black, black worker struggles employees. at the king of crypto startups. But tokenized is such a good fucking. Right, because that's like that's Coinbase's mission, right? Is to like tokenize all the like all this bullshit tokens. Yes, and if you've seen South Park, you understand token in the context of. of it's that so title. good. Yes, it's a. Uh, it's a it's a very good title. It is, but fuck Popper, like how? So can we do some? Can we can we do some uh, character assassination of Popper? Yeah, I mean, no, we don't like I to mean, talk about people, but like I think it's, <laughs> I think it's uh, necessary. So he wrote the digital gold book. Incredible book. In 2014, and it was released in 2015. So that's the bottom of the last bear cycle. So Bitcoin was trading at about $150 at the bottom in 2015. And he wrote this book, and it was a pretty fucking good book. Um, but because of he was a New York Times journalist, he didn't want to have bias, so he didn't buy any no, Bitcoin. He wasn't allowed to. Let's give him this. The New York Times, what? like says you're not allowed bitcoin to. doesn't care about your editorial standards no, bitcoin you doesn't. can buy bitcoin but these these I mean, journals like they're like <laughs> they could have bought bitcoin he could have he could have bought bitcoin he very well secretly. he very well could have but he no, didn't because but he definitely talk. didn't based on his articles so paul, the result paul is paul vigna is the same way they wrote that together didn't they the result is he says he doesn't want to buy bitcoin because he doesn't want to be biased so instead he keeps all of his fucking money in the fiat system and then when Bitcoin explodes, he becomes super biased, right? In the opposite direction, which is like this ridiculous idea that you can, that, 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 that not owning an asset like Bitcoin makes you not biased. It does the opposite. It makes you biased against Bitcoin. Yeah. And this is something we've parroted on this podcast many, many, many times in the past, like the new wave of media the new like i don't consider us journalism at all but we are obviously putting out content that people read and try to educate people about bitcoin We're definitely media media yeah a media form i don't consider myself a journalist media. but as long as you're open about your bias you wear it on your sleeve and you make it apparent we're definitely biased yeah but we make that but like, at least we're not fiat shills no we're bitcoin bulls like we will be upfront with no. you about that we're, we're sat shills we shill sats we shill sats we stack sats in this house, we show sad. <laughs> but, like, how sad is that, though? It's, it's, people, pretty, it's people. It's a sad story. Yeah, it's people stuck in a traditional mindset, not understanding the nature of the transition we're in, particularly in the media world. Media is getting blown. Media has been f fucking blown up by the internet and social media and the ability to blog. And sats are going to save them, and they're they're not even accept your salvation via sats. Nathaniel, if you're listening. He's not listening. He might, he might, someone might send it to him. If you're listening, <laughs> just come out and be like, all right. Like, I'm, I, I think Bitcoin maybe have some potential. I wrote this dope book, Digital Gold. It's actually interesting. Going, I'd be interested. I haven't read it in years, but going back, cause like Gavin Anderson was a huge character in that book. Charlie Shrem, a bunch of the weird under Voorhees, Roger Ver were like the, the heroes of that book. So I actually met Popper in early 2016, late 2015. I love this story. Um, we were both invited to IBM to shill uh, the corn in their like uh, executive. They had like an executive uh, 
it wasn't a retreat because it was in their headquarters, but it was like an executive education seminar um, where they got like uh, like fintech people to come in and speak to them. And, and me and Popper were the Bitcoin guys. Um, and I was a young Bitcoiner and I didn't know my audience. So I shielded them like the proper cypherpunk fucking thing. I was like... <laughs> I was like, Iran's going to use this shit. Like, Venezuela is going to use this shit. North Korea is going to use this shit. It's true, the best money we've ever true, had. No one true, can stop it. True. And they all looked at me like I was, like, fucking crazy. Um, and then Popper, like, shilled his book. He did a chill Bitcoin. Um, and that'll always... It'll, I'll, I'll, ne- I'll just never forget it. Like, I, it'll, it'll always be, like, in the back of my mind. And I wonder, like, what those... I mean... One of the beauties of Bitcoin shilling, which which all the freaks should shill lightly, is that even if your shill wasn't effective the first time, these people remember it. And and when Bitcoin pumps and they see Bitcoin pump in the future, they remember that shill that they dismissed. And it has an, an extra effect on them. It's like it's like it's the gift that keeps on giving. And you know, I personally I've shilled Bitcoin lightly to multiple billionaires, people that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars, and they laughed me out of the room. And right now, they're watching Paul Tudor Jones talk about it. They're watching Larry Fink talk about it. And they're like, oh my God, that little white kid that was saying, it doesn't matter if you buy Bitcoin at 14000 or 3000 or $5,000 because we're going to fucking go to the moon and it's all fucking negligible. Maybe there was something there. Like Maybe he was fucking right. Uh, it's that time in the market, right? I've been getting blown up. Like, all right, maybe you were right. The phones have been, like, the last two weeks, week and a half, it started to pick up, right? Uh, yeah. Like, randos are starting to reach out again. Dude, again, particularly that Niall Ferguson article. I got three, te- two, two texts, and then, like, somebody else mentioned it later in the weekend. Like, ah, oh, did you see this? I was like, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it, I mean, it's... That and that's crazy to think back. Like, so this is the exact environment in which the bent was started. Like, I started the bent. I've told the story many times because I literally couldn't answer everybody's texts and emails. I was like, "All right, all of you, just subscribe to this newsletter. I'll tell you about it." (laughs) No, I don't. Like, I can just still that today, but it feels very much like that. And we're not even at that part of the market. That was like May, June, twenty seventeen. We're probably still around november 2016 if we're comparing past runs which probably isn't wise it's just going to be a little bit different but um that is the cycle the psychology of it all is very very interesting same but different but exactly exactly um what is it there are too many the havings being priced (laughs) (laughs) oh you're gonna trigger people (sighs) i can't believe it's like this shit goes to your head so easily freaks like stay humble man we gotta stay humble well we barely touched this list by the way marty we haven't touched it i mean we're an hour in we're blowing through the software we're not reading any release notes don't worry but well no there's one that i want to hype the fuck out of all right when we get there hype the fuck out of it but other than that but i want to stay on this topic okay Should we be humble? Yes. <laughs> Fuck you. I agree. Would 
Should we? Like, you don't have to be a fucking monk. No. You know, just but I think we should be as humble. I think we should be as vociferous as possible. Where I popped a bottle yesterday. No, no, I'm not talking about like celebrating, but I, I mean, I popped a bottle yesterday. I mean, standing up and defending why we believe what we believe vehemently, and not being naive. Don't be naive about it. Don't fucking lever up. No, no. Remember yes. the people we lost on March 12th. No, I'm not. I'm not saying get any crazy with trading or anything like that. But I'm saying develop a confidence to say, hey, this is here. This is here to stay. It's becoming more evident. And it is better for the world. I truly believe that. You should believe that too. I'm not going to sit we're, here. We're in it for the tech here at the, the, <laughs> at the pod. Yeah, we're the 32nd top tech podcast in the U.S. Duh. <laughs> of course we're in it for the tech. <laughs> it's, But obviously stay humble. Don't go trading. Don't go levering yes. up. But also stand up for what you believe in and be vocal about it and be confident yeah, about it. You can it. humbly stand up. Is this, or I guess that's what I'm trying. Is confidence and humbleness, or do they conflict? Can they be parallel? Like with George each other? Washington was fucking humble, yeah. but he wasn't a pussy. Exactly. Right. I agree. So, imbue that confidence. I, I I think you should be confident right now, not boasting, trying to rub it in anybody's face. But be like, yeah, I'm a Bitcoiner. I believe in this. I think it's going to succeed into the future. I think it is going to be the reserve currency of the world. And you're going to be using Bitcoin. I truly believe that. I want the freaks to be fucking role models. I want them to stand the fuck up. I want them to be confident. I want them to be fucking humble. And I want them to be fucking role models. And I want us to be right. I agree. Uh, but I think, and, and, and I'm not saying we can't dunk on people. We can absolutely fucking dunk on people. But watch our six. Oh, keep your head you on know, a swivel. Constantly watch your fucking six. Keep your head on a swivel. Lax, lax talk here. Look into the hole. Look at the net. Talk to the goalie. Then look out. Number one owl podcast on Spotify. <laughs> but I, I guess that's what I'm trying to get to. Is like, what is the balance of? You know, you got to find the balance. So you mentioned Washington. I'll, I'll uh, mention another one of my favorite presidents, Teddy Roosevelt. Walk quietly or or speak softly and, and carry a big stick i think bitcoiners have a big stick they're carrying around right now like that is like that sounds like an american huddle quote <laughs> it could be you know he may have said it like if twitter if twitter existed he would have got great engagement on that tweet <laughs> he would have got incredible um we got a big stick in the terms <laughs> of bitcoin uh being being up and running for 12 years, the price appreciating in the face of massive FUD. But you have the famous Teddy story, right? Where he went hunting, right? Mm -hmm. And like his people like captured a bear. Or I think it was a bear. It was like some large game animal. And, and they, they were holding it basically for him to shoot it to take as his prize. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Right? Like that's the humility I'm talking about. I agree. I like that. I think we're meeting it. I think we're getting to where I'm trying to take us right now to describe how the fr freaks, you're an individual. Act how you want to. This is something I want to um, imbue. We're working through this ourselves. <laughs> if you couldn't we're tell. we're working through it with you guys. <laughs> yes. That is the plan. So let That is what's going on. This whole thing is just us working through it with you guys. Yeah. We're brainstorming here. This is, this is raw. It's new. 
approaching all-time highs, uh, uncharted territory, if you will. So, did you see this fucking party that was thrown at fucking Bitcoin Beach? Like, they fucking balled the fuck out. Shout out to Bitcoin Beach. Um, they had, what, 8,000 lightning transactions within a span of 12 hours or something like that? No, I think it was 3,000. 3,000. So they, but our boy, our boy Miles Suter's down there. I don't know if he ever comes back to America. Right? <laughs> I didn't know. I was. I wanted to mention. I didn't know if we were allowed to mention that he's down there. We're allowed to. They, they have pictures of him like buying coffee and shit shirtless. Yeah, but with it, lightning. Has he? Did he? Put, I haven't seen his Twitter. Has he been? He's it? tagged in them and shit. Oh, okay, good. I, 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 hey, I'm just. There, I'm not trying to dox he's, people. He's fucking having the time of his life down there. I don't think he's coming he's back. He's fucking dude. enjoying it. He's fucking loving it. Um, cheers to all of them down there. They're fucking killing it. I, they were giving out, so they had a surfing competition. Um, and, and the checks were denominated in fucking sats. You hear that freaks? They were denominated in fucking sats. Yeah. Like there we fucking go. Sats the standard. So Michael from Bitcoin beach has been on the pod before. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back. Extremely admirable, not admirable. I don't want to sound like I'm like. Being like, oh, good effort. It's extremely, <laughs> it's extremely incredible. Better word. No, I use Wait, it so a lot. Let's tell what Bitcoin Beach is. Yeah. So Bitcoin Beach is, uh, it's a small town on the coast of El Salvador, El Zante. They're trying to create a Bitcoin circular economy, predominantly revolving around lightning, introducing Bitcoin to the local community, getting merchants some to Some Bitcoin it. whale like donated a bunch of Bitcoin and said, you're not allowed to sell it for fiat. Exactly. And so they're introducing the community to Bitcoin, getting everybody to download uh, Bitcoin wallets, use Bitcoin in everyday transactions, educating people about Bitcoin. They're building like a little citadel, if you will, down there. They, they've got uh, a building. They're selling land to potential Bitcoiners that want to join. They have a co-working space that's being built by locals that are getting paid in fucking sats. Like, this is fucking real. Yeah. Like, it's happening. And I'm pretty sure this event over the weekend was, like, government-sanctioned or something like that, or at least. Um, I, guess I think everything down there has to be. Yeah. And so, yeah, they had, like, swimming contests, surfing contests. All the merchants had to accept Bitcoin. Everybody had to pay in Bitcoin. And they were worried. Because mm-hmm. we were talk- talking to Miles before. He was a little sketched out. that like, it's like a live demo. Like, oh, is this even going to work? And it apparently went flawlessly people interacting sending receiving sats over the lightning network pretty flawlessly for so they have their own app the wallet of satoshi was what they were using right no no so they were using wallet of satoshi originally and then they had their own app developed which i believe is a custodial lightning wallet but it's like if your little local diaspora or whatever has their own custodial wallet like that's distributed in itself right yeah and go listen and to then the obviously you can also spend with a regular lightning wallet if you wanted to but just for ease of use they have their own local custodial wallet yes and if you go to the app store and you search bitcoin beach it's right there yeah the, their wallet their custodial you can use their custodial wallet if you want to and i trust these guys i like them and and I think it's incredible it's what they're super doing. Fucking cool, a lot man. of people like to shit on the circular economy and spending Bitcoin. And I think what they're doing down in El Zante particularly really highlights like Bitcoin is actually useful, provides utility 
even though most people in the West, where we are, us in particular, hodlers, we're in it for the the long term, but there's other individuals outside of our (laughs) Western little bubble that actually need to use it as a transactional currency and are using it. And Yeah, they have a video of our boy Miles buying BBQ shrimp with Bitcoin using their Bitcoin Beach wallet. He's a big... Fucking beautiful. And he's shirtless. Boss. Shout out. Fucking beautiful. I've said I've tweeted this out before. Probably one of the more humble guys I've ever met. He's humble as fuck. We talk about being humble here a lot, but Miles honestly is one of the most underrated individuals in Bitcoin. He embodies everything that we stand for. He does. I know he's crushing it. This makes me crushing at the cash app is an advocate for the true Bitcoin ethos in places where it's not popular to to posture that way. And we're lucky to have Miles on the front lines. We're so fucking lucky. Yeah. Shout out to you, Miles. Love you, brother. We miss you. We'll come visit you since I don't think you're coming back to America anytime soon. Yeah. And Elzante's got a a sweet long left of a break too, which is I'm goofy footed. So that's right up my alley. You just rip a half a mile long left. Um, you mentioned Bitcoin circular economy. I do not have it on the list, but our boy Ragnar released a great fucking, um, basically a manifesto to be honest, uh, on Bitcoin magazine about the Bitcoin circular economy. So people should go check that out. Just type in Bitcoin circular economy, Bitcoin magazine, and it'll just fucking pop right up there. Ragnar, I love you, brother. Can you chill out a little bit? Like calling everybody LARPers and all that shit. Like we're working here. You're gonna there's gonna be a mixture of both. I love the circular economy too. We here at TFTC uh, reached out to a developer to build a way to implement BTC pay server with Shopify so that you can implement that circular economy and contribute to that. Bitcoiners are working on it. I know you're not satisfied with all the KYC AML shit that's going on. We're gonna meet in the middle though. Like, like this is an open source system, an open source protocol. I know many people may not use Bitcoin in the way that you see fit and advantageous, but I think we're gonna. I think good things are gonna happen. I think the circular economy that you envision is gonna come to fruition. Matt and I are stare off right now. No, I mean, I, look, I I love the passion. I I I, well, I, I think sometimes it's counterproductive. It, I would I would say, you know, and and Bitcoiners are very guilty of this, just in general. You know, we, we were we're surrounded by and like people should not get triggered as often. We we've already talked about this on the pod already today. Yes. Um, I think, um, the the thing that I you know I I, I fucking hate KYC, and the thing that I think is not often mentioned is that our whole life is fucking KYC'd. So the one spot where I kind of tolerate it is the on-ramp. And that's because if you have KYC'd funds in your bank account, there's two ways that you can withdraw those KYC funds from that KYC system. You can withdraw them as cash or you can withdraw them as Bitcoin and put them through CoinJoin. And for me... And now I, I would, and now I know the software update you want to talk about. 
I would prefer to come out. Uh, it's just it's just a very it's a very clean process for me to come out through CoinJoin, and if they block that, then they can go fuck themselves, you know. But as long as you can come through a KYC entity and have Whirlpool UTXOs on the other side, um, I'll make do with that. And and that that's my way of exiting the fiat system, exiting the KYC system and fiat system at the same time. Okay. So let's start our software update section with that samurai. I think I think that's <laughs> this the, is a massive I update. I think that's the update you want to talk about. Massive. Yes. Few understand. <laughs> I Few understand. understand. I understand. So they integrate so this update is something that we've been testing for a while behind the scenes. They're calling it Sorban. And um, what this is, is it's a it's a Tor P2P layer. So me and Marty can do a two-person coin join without any third party involved on demand through Tor very easily, super cleanly. They have this PayNim system, which is like the stealth address system. Um, which is like a username is the easiest way to visualize it is a randomly generated username. So once I have Marty's pay name and we're connected, we can just easily through tour, not next to each other, do two person coin joins. Um, and it's not just limited to two people. You can do multiple people. Um, this is a fucking game changer. Like I want this in every fucking wallet. I want the ability that we can just do this. And it's a heuristic breaker because in Samurai, the default payment method is a fake two-person coin join. So we don't even need everyone to do them. If a lot of people are doing them, you don't know if they're being done or not. It, it looks the same on-chain. So this is fucking massive. And when people talk about so, wait, these wait, wait, coordinated wait. coin join schemes... Expand, well, on, go on. expand on that. You don't know that people are... So on Samurai, when you make a spend... It defaults to a stowaway. A, no, they call it Stonewall. Stonewall, excuse me. Yeah, which is a fake two-person coin join. So it looks like a coin join on chain, but it's just you're coin joining with yourself, right? But a Stonewall times two, you can do through Soraban, which is this Tor P2P layer, and it's actually a two-person coin join. And they already had this Stonewall times two, but you had to use QR codes or you were pasting things back and forth in a messenger app. It was more complicated, but now it just all goes through Tor. So the idea is that anytime you make a spend on Samurai now, if you're a chain surveillance company, you can't tell if that's actually a two person coin join or if that's uh, a one person fake two person coin join. That heuristic is completely broken. You have no fucking idea what the fuck's going on there if we get like a decent amount of people using this. And the thing about Sorban is it's completely open source. So we could have this in multiple wallets. You don't have to necessarily be a Samurai wallet user to, to, to participate in this. Right now you do, yes. But in the future, you don't have to be. And last but not least, this is like the completion. It's, it's setting up the completion of the Samurai Whirlpool stack because it sets up multi-party transaction zeros. So when you go into Whirlpool to begin with, every UTXO that goes into a, a, a transaction zero, the original Whirlpool transaction when you're entering Whirlpool, 
is presumed to be the same person. But using Soroban in the future, it's not it's not there yet, but in the future, me and you can join into Whirlpool together and split the fees. So it breaks that heuristic, which basically destroys toxic change, this idea that you have the change that you don't want to combine. If we have multiple people, and, and it doesn't have to be limited to two people. If we have like four people entering Whirlpool together, you don't know that all that change is linked together. Oh, this is so huge. all of a sudden you completely destroy the toxic chain heuristic and you reduce the trust in the coordinator because after you go through a coordinated Whirlpool rounds, you can do uncoordinated coin joins seamlessly and easily. And, 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 and all of a sudden we're in a situation where make every spend a coin joint isn't a meme any longer. It's the fucking reality. And we're super fucking close. We're very, very fucking close to this. Are we confirming that samurai wallet devs are not are not spooks now? Even the beauty of this is even if they were spooks, it wouldn't fucking matter. But they're they're not spooks. I know, I know. I'll put I'll put my credibility on that one. This is huge. It's massive. I have put my credibility on that one. Everyone who's listened knows I have. Yeah. No, I mean shout out to you particularly. I'm not gonna take any credit for putting my neck out there. Um unless involved with the coin join space than you are but this is massive it's undeniably massive too if it works like and it does it's open source you can check it you think greg maxwell it works you think greg maxwell releases the uh coin join bounty no no who else is it it doesn't matter i don't care that's a multi-sig bounty who else is involved in that i don't know it doesn't matter they they don't need a bounty because they have a financial incentive set up yeah they get paid um, this is massive. But they don't get paid for the Soroban coin joins. Yeah, That's just exactly. me and you coin joining. Exactly. So that's... So also, if I pay you, I could do a pay join through Soroban, right? Where I just put in your pay name and I can pay you and you give me an input and we do a coin join to pay you. So it's like PDEP at the end of the day, almost, right? On steroids. Yeah. Because I, we can also do a two-person coin join where I pay someone else. So I don't even need the recipient to be on board with PayJoin. I can just do a coin join with you, and I can pay Mulvad. Spaghetti, spaghetti change. You have no idea whose change is who. It's gorgeous. Right? It's fucking massive. Yeah. Super underappreciated. I'm very excited about it. I'm appreciating it right now. I'm getting a tingly feeling in my ball sack. Feels good. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt's wearing his blue steel Joe Dirt hat tonight, and... I think it's very, very appropriate for the news that you just dropped. I mean, it's been public, but I don't think people are appreciating it. A lot of people are having to eat crow on this too because a lot of people have been calling the samurai team spooks. Not going to lie, like it lingered in the back of my mind, like, oh, damn, are these guys spooks? But this, I mean, as to play devil's advocate, the samurai guys have called a lot of other people spooks that I don't think are spooks either. That's true. That's true. I think spooks are among us, but they're not the obvious ones. Who who's your number one spook in your mind? I mean, I would be a fantastic spook. I know. Like people Dude. trust me. You shouldn't trust me. Don't trust me. I, don't send me things that that I shouldn't know about. I've, like, don't tell me. There's been a couple mad, I'm not gonna lie, there's been a couple of nights where I've stayed up staring at the stealing, <laughs> like am I co hosting with a spook? A spook. <laughs> I'm I'm too dumb to be a spook, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the spook wants you to think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a spook. 
No, it is. Yeah. Assume everybody's a spook. I'm not going to lie, Matt. I've stared at the ceiling one night. Like, am, I, am I co-hosting with a spook? <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Once I tricked Marty, it was easy to co-opt you all. Right? We're kidding. But we can't confirm. It doesn't matter if we're kidding or not. Yeah. You shouldn't fucking trust yeah. us. Do your own fucking research. Do not trust us. You fucking freaks. I will say, I think this is a pretty massive Sorbonne. It's a big deal. Yeah, it's a very big deal. It's really a big deal. Like, no one realizes how big of a deal yeah. it is. Yeah, and shout out to the Samurai team. Um, I know you guys have been working hard. Obviously, been taking a lot of shit. Uh, just grinding behind the scenes and just delivering the software. So, huge kudos. Shout out to you guys. Um, it's imperative, too. You tweeted it out. I just retweeted you. Like, the next big battle is privacy, right? Yeah, well, I mean, we've had multiple prominent Bitcoiners. Um, we started the episode. Talked down about privacy recently. It's quote unquote illegal. Um, yeah, I mean, so we I mean, might as well just call it out by name, right? Like we had Dan Helds do a, do a, like a BlockFi lending promo thread where just like midway through, he just decided to just take a fucking snipe at, Bit, at, at CoinJoin. <laughs> just in parentheses, likely illegal. And then we had, before that, we had Raul Kakpal uh, do uh, a, a KYC complete owner. Owned, like, we're just going to just KYC the whole fucking system, um, which is awfully ironic coming from someone who lives in the fucking Cayman Islands. That was like, um, it was like no, come on. You're in the Cayman right? saying all this stuff. Like, it's it, it's... It's not like, even, what are you doing, yeah, bro? Yeah, exactly. It's like, come on, dude. Um, I did appreciate that he responded. Didn't block me or anything. He like fuck, He responded to my tweet calling him a cuck money proponent. So I, I appreciated <laughs> that. So shout out to you for that. And um, let's be clear. We're just being... Uh, we're just talk, keeping it real. We're being let's intellectually honest. We're trying to... like. And I would sit down... I, I love Dan Held. He's been on this podcast many times. We may disagree on some things, but I would still give him a hug, sit at the table, have drinks. Ralph Paul, same thing. We may disagree on a lot of things. I think we have similar intentions, may f- may have different routes of, of, of meeting the ends that we, we want to see. Uh, I'm a little bit worried that these people are preparing to throw me and the good freaks under the bus. No. And if, if you are preparing to do that, prepare for a fight. And yeah. if you're not preparing to do that, then you should comfort my fears a little bit. You're scaring Raul Paul. <laughs> Matt's going to cut you. <laughs> I'm not going to cut anybody, like, legitimately with a knife. No, but you could you could cut people with words. The words words cut deep, yeah. Matt. Words cut deep. I will deep. metaphorically do it. <laughs> Let's be clear. It's all love. We're in the battle of ideas. We're in the arena. We're in the fucking arena. And if you're in the arena and you're willing to put your ideas at the fore and have them battle tested, this is what happens. Like at the end of the day, we'll have a beer with each other and dis- agree to disagree on some aspects. Potentially. Potentially. But. You have to try. Like this is the beauty of it all. It's literally meritocracy. And I would argue that. We are winning the meritocracy. I don't think, not me and you personally, but people on the side of liberty and the ability to use Bitcoin in a self-sovereign, hopefully private, completely private way at one point in the future. 
Look, there's not no such thing as completely private. I, I think I think at the end of the day, you got to be able to look your grandkids in the fucking eyes and be like, "I was in a fucking piece of shit." I tried my hardest, you know. Yeah, and uh, I'm not worried about that right now because I ask myself that every day, and I think other people should ask themselves that more often. Yeah, like I I I like American Hoddle the other day. He tweeted out. As long as you don't disappoint Matt, you're on the right track. And I responded, the person who disappoints my, disappoints me it's the you. most is myself. Always. And that's true because I'm constantly holding myself to a higher standard than I hold everyone else to. It's my favorite conversation and I have in my head. Is Because the only way you can hold people to a high standard if you hold yourself to a higher standard. Yeah. And that's how we all should fucking live. Exactly. That's the whole fucking point here. You have to con- in my mind, you have to personal responsibility. Continuously have conversations with yourself, your past self, and your future self. What would my future self think? Am I being true to what my past self was preaching in with my present self? Think this through. Like Always think of your future self. I love instances where past Marty has thought of future Marty. And you realize that, like, okay. <laughs> Recent example. Past Marty. Maybe I'll smoke a joint every once in a while. And maybe... You, you hide a little joint around. And be like, hey, past Marty was thinking of future Marty. Knew that future Marty would want to take a little hit. And he rolled a little J for him. This is not the context of Bitcoin. This is an example outside of it. That's the metaphor. Yeah, yeah. Think of like it's a, it's a poor metaphor, Marty. Oh, no, I think it's a good one. I mean, you can think about I like mean, joints are good. Future Marty will be very happy that past Marty has coin joining it as present Marty as well. I believe at some point in the future. The overwhelming majority of the time is current Matt being upset with past Matt. It's like the oh, like overwhelming. Like that's usually what it is. Well, current Matt has to think of future Matt to right the wrongs that past right. Matt made, right? Right. Yeah. Current Matt usually fails, but you can always strive to be better, and we are striving to be better here. Let's just rip through the rest of the software updates. Yeah, just hit them with all the software updates. BTC Pay Server version one point zero point six point zero has been released. Join Market version zero point eight point zero has been released, and therefore Join Box version zero point one point one five has been released. Raspi Blitz version one point six two has been released. MyNode version zero point two point one nine has been released. Sparrow Wallet version zero point nine point eight has been released. Nunchuck version zero point nine point three has been released. We already talked about Samurai. But if you don't know the version number, that's version 0.99.96 has been released. This is pretty big. Blue Wallet version 5.6.7 has been released. They added. This is a big one. Yeah, they added uh, coin selection. It's pretty Coin huge. control, yeah. Yeah, pretty huge. With labeling. Yeah. Um, that's a big one. Shout out to the Blue Wallet team. PSBT Toolkit version 0.1.2 has been released, and there is a new version of NthKey out there. N-T-E. Is NthKey on your radar? Yeah, it has been. It's, so this is so, it's part of the fully noted, right? This is Sojour's Provost. Sure, I probably Shores Shores Provost. Okay, I I apologize for butchering your name. That I've only read. This is online. like a watch only. Um, no, oh, no. multi sig, multi sig. My bad. You can use your iPhone as a multi sig key inspector. Yes, it's it's only testnet only right now. 
But this is a cool idea to me, right? Like, I like the idea of being able to use an old Android phone. or Well, right now, it doesn't support Android. Um, but I, I like the idea of being able to use an old Android phone or an old iPhone as one of your keys inspector. Like, that's kind of a cool idea. I like that a lot, too. Insures. Like, you shouldn't trust it as your single SIG key. Like, that's not cold storage by any means. But if it's one of a three of five... You know, like fucking three-year-old iPhone or a three-year-old fucking Android. Like, that's that's only connected to Wi-Fi. Like, that seems like a pretty nice key addition. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's PSBT only, too, correct? Yeah, I mean, all of this, all the good shit is PSBT. Yeah. PSBT is, is what enabled all this shit. So, shout out to Shores. Nice standard. Shores, Provost, member of the tribe. Thank you for joining the tribe. Thank you for working on Nantiki. You joined the tribe. He's been a part of the tribe. Oh, I apologize for butchering your name. I could be butchering it, too. Um, I've never had Marty it. butchers lots of them. I do. I but- Usually Marty butchers more than me. I'm pretty sure it's short, though. For the record. I butcher names more than you. I don't, I don't know. I'm pretty terrible with names. It's like something I inherited from my father. And then we have our boys at Spectre came out with their, their, their do-it-yourself hardware wallet. Um, pre-built version that you can buy from their shop. It's pretty sexy too. I think they're about to run out though. Yeah, I think they're only selling 50. Yeah. So they're probably about done. But the beauty of it really is not to buy it from them. Yeah, buy it know, off the, the case shelf. is fucking 3D printed. You're supposed to make it yourself. Um, but you combine that with something like Key, right, where you use an old phone as a key. And then you have cold cart. And then all of a sudden you have a very secure multi-sig setup where you're not trusting the vendor. Um, that you can move yourself into over time, which is really cool to me, right? Which is why, I mean, I cannot, the the crazy thing to me is like, I've had people reach out, they're like, Matt, I know you're bullish Spectre. What do you think about Nunchuck? What do you think about, what do you think about Sparrow Wallet, right? What do you think, do you still like Lily? Um, What about Caravan? First of all, that's bullish as fuck. Like that is crazy, a year ago when I said three to five months for easy multi-sig. That wasn't a year none ago. None of them existed. We may be, dude, your prediction may have come, that wasn't a year ago. That was like six months ago. It, like, it was pretty much on point, right? I think we have to roll back the tapes. Freaks, if you remember the exact date, it was this year. I don't. Let's roll back the tapes. Yeah. But none of them existed. Okay. I, Maybe. Caravan when I said, existed. When, when I said six months, when I said six months, Caravan existed and maybe Lily existed. Entkey existed too. It's still in so testnet fully noted. right now. Yeah, well, still I in didn't test- even say fully noted. Fully noted, yes, did exist. Yeah. But anyway, the point is, this is fucking bullish as fuck that all these fucking things exist. That said, like I love that we have all these options. That said, I'm still a Spectre Maximalist. I think Spectre is fucking insanely good. Hand it's up. Like really, really good, guys. Hand it's up. really good. I need to fuck with Spectre still. It's so good. And, and and I think you're missing you're missing the beauty if you think you 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 your wallet should require a Electrum server. Stefan Like I, I just I, I want you to just be like the beauty of Spectre is you just you install Bitcoin Core and you install Spectre and you're good to go. And that's the beauty of Fully Noted, too. Stefan's beating us in the uh, in the Spectre content. We need to get Ben, Sergey, 
more teas on the episode on a, on a pod. Yeah, we would love to have you guys on, and I will join for those episodes. No, I mean, yo, Ben, love you, bro. Legend. I love I love all those guys. They're great. They're fucking. But Ben is just like, he doesn't hold anything back on Twitter either. It's like a fucking talented kid, and he's just fucking based as fuck. Right. Um, but no, I I I appreciate the fuck out of you guys. Yeah, appreciate the fuck out of Stefan too. You're. What's the what's the term in the in the media world? And no, we're not journalists. Scooping, scoop, you scoop us sometimes, Stefan. But if I'm gonna be scooped by anybody, I'd rather be you. Oh, I was confused because Stefan scooped us with Stepan. Stepan, yes. That's pretty good, right? And no, I mean, I, I as far as I'm concerned, the Stefan Levera podcast is part of our network. Yeah, our unofficial. Bitcoin yeah, Education the, Network. The unofficial Bitcoin, the Bitcoin. I was network. talking to Stefan earlier today too. He's got a few fire episodes on the way. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Spoiler. Spoil them. anything, but subscribe to Stefan's podcast if you haven't already. This next seven days, particularly, he's got some hot podcasts coming out. And subscribe to TFTC too if you haven't already. Obviously. Why are you listening if you haven't subscribed? Um, where are we at? All right, we're past. Huh. We've got a lot to There's, go. We're like not even halfway down this list. We're an hour to 40 minutes it's in. It's so bullish. What is going on? Right. All right, so Guggenheim. This is this is pretty massive, actually. <laughs> Guggenheim fun is... They're not... May, like, you have it in the list. It's like, they may invest in Bitcoin. Like, they have literally... Worked, they asked permission. They worked out a charter within their fund <laughs> perspective. Prospectus was like, "Hey, we're going to invest in in cryptocurrency," and we may. So their five billion dollar macro hedge fund was at ten percent, so five hundred million dollars. Up to up to that, they're going to be able to invest in the space. They may invest as much as MicroStrategy did. <laughs> they may. I just love that they have to ask permission and just like broadcast it around the world it's, before they can do well, it. Well, this goes back to the point earlier in the podcast where we're front running all these, or you've been tweeting about it. We're still front running all these institutional investors. I feel like my whole life is just front running these motherfuckers. How does it feel? Uh, stay stay humble. humble, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we were both on the same page there. <laughs> and then let's go again. We've got another bullish one. Alliance Bernstein, another huge, massive fund. Uh, they, they, I don't know if they announced that they're going to particularly invest in Bitcoin outright, but they said they conceded, they bent the knee, and said that Bitcoin definitely does have a place in an investor's portfolio, and they're a fund that manages $631 billion in assets. So they actually did a parentheses likely illegal thing here right so they're quoted as saying cryptos which by the way anyone who uses the word crypto is a signaling mechanism to let us know that we still have our edge and we're front running those motherfuckers cryptos do have a place in asset allocation for as long as they are legal yeah and guess what you're not gonna fucking shut pandora's box bitches <laughs> it's been running for 12 years it is a better technology. It is a better money. 
the idea is out there. There's no closing the door on this. Lions Bernstein. Don't just give it some, some, what's the word I'm looking for? From, uh, God, what's the word? I'm going to think of it. I'm going to think of it. Lip service. Lip service. Don't just lip. give it lip service. Get in. So you know. They kind of did. So so their comment is like a little bit milk toast, which is why I, I did it last. Um, <laughs> listen to this quote. The resulting allocation to Bitcoin is low. But then within this simple optimization framework, the allocation to some other asset classes is zero. So in that context, Bitcoin seems to empirically be potentially significant. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll take that. That's more than lip service. I'll take that. It's like a little bit. They're like, they're like, fine. We will buy some Bitcoin, you motherfuckers. Like that, that's <laughs> what they're saying. And they're like, you made us do it, but we're not happy about it. We're we're doing it begrudgingly. But again, going back to uh, Larry Fink, BlackRock, and give props for proper. Pr- well, I prop- think he was more on board than they were. Well, give proper props where props are due. Well, yes, obviously, but he is responding to his clients. It was like, hey, if my if I have three hundred thousand clients like asking me about this, maybe, maybe I'm wrong about something. Where Alliance Bernstein's like nose in the air, like we're gonna do it begrudgingly. This is unreal. <sighs> Are we getting too far ahead of ourselves? Do we need to pinch A ourselves? I wish we were in person so we could pinch each other. Yeah, next week, hopefully, with armed out. Yes. Um. What's going on with BitMEX? What do we think about this? this so this I was kind of love it. So they've always been hustlers, right? So this is technically so a hire for their. What's the the name of their parent umbrella company? Hundred X Group. Yes, which is a hilarious name for a parent company, <laughs> right? Um, they like took like the most uh, controversial feature they have, and they named their whole parent company off of it. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I mean, they've been making moves to basically save their fucking ass over and over again for the last five weeks, 10 weeks. And it's just impressive. So, so they just hired this heavy hitter German CEO. Alexander Hopner. I, that sounds like a good pronunciation. It's better than me. Um, and he was the CEO of two German exchanges and and one of them was I think the second largest Germ- German uh, exchange and the other one was the first regulated trading venue for for Bitcoin specifically in Germany so like this guy's like like they just hired Ronaldo or something you know like they did they, they hired like the creme de la creme uh, no expenses uh, spared to 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 protect their fucking asses here and you know that's exactly what we expect from them well this is one thing i've been thinking behind the scenes and i really hope doesn't happen but is it inevitable like do you think bitmex like it's my favorite so following the bitmex which isn't officially affiliated with bitmex i'm pretty sure the bitmex wrecked bot on twitter it's not affiliated no not at all but it's actually like if I'm using TweetDeck, that's how I follow the Bitcoin price. It's the Bitcoin, the BitMEX rec bot. <laughs> like, you can just see when things are moving. You can see when people get short fucking calls. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, price is about to pump. Exactly. And do you think they, like, with all the KYC, do you think BitMEX 
sustain, like, like I hope it does, but like, does it sustain itself? Like they're putting out incredible research. They're contributing to core developers, the BitMEX non KYC oh, potential hundred X derivatives exchange is a truly innovative financial product in the digital age. Just shame that they're getting the long dick of the law thrown at them right now. Even with I all mean, these hires, do you think they survive with KYC? Yeah, I mean, I think they survive, but they'll never be. We we the 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 BitMEX glory days are gone. It's over. Um, as a regulated exchange, they cannot compete with the CME. You know. Like that's the fucking Chicago Mercantile Exchange. Like they're legit. They're gonna always have more regulated volume than any other regulated partner. Um, and I think, and we don't really have it yet. It looks kind of like Binance is the new-ish Bitmex in terms of futures exchange that are not regulated. I've been hearing ByteBit. Yeah, it's like a little bit. It's. Right now we're in like a nice little wild west kind of, they're all fighting for that position, right? Mm-hmm. And to be honest, like Binance is a little bit too big, they can't pull it off. But but when I when I've been watching Crypto Watch, um, it's 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 Crypto Watch but dot ch, so it's Crypto Watt dot ch. Um, if you watch the volumes there, Binance tends to their their future tends to be the most volume for the most time but it it's it switches back and forth um well that's actually another thing that happened in the last week that we don't have on the list is didn't coinbase have to shut down their margin trading product yeah yeah it's like oh poo poo i didn't even know they had one to begin with of course they did in coinbase bro no one should use it <laughs> but they had one um they did have to shut down look I, I think like there's always going to be a leading bucket shop and usually it'll be the smaller guys. Usually it'll be the guys who are feisty and they're smaller and they, they, they don't, they don't want to deal with it. Like if you're, if you're like a Binance um, or even like now, like an FTX or a Coinbase, like you're making so much money on fees and you're so big that you don't want to fucking fuck with regulators, right? You don't want to deal with that shit and you're going to end up shotgun KYCing people which is always wrong, as a reminder. Why still respect the fuck CZ, out of Bitmex? I know, I know you're shotgun KYCing people. Bitmex has never shotgun KYCed people that I'm aware of. Well, no, even they've warned people they, well in advance. Yeah, even when their fucking founders are put in jail, literally behind cages, in cages. They like. they don't fucking shotgun KYC people, but most people do shotgun KYC, and that's always fucked up. And I I think. There'll always be a trading platform that doesn't have KYC. And that will be the leading one for a little bit until they get fucking pushed into it, you know? And then the next one comes up. So the f- for the freaks who are relatively new to this game, let's go on a trip down memory lane and talk about our favorite bucket shops from years past. Hit us up, Marty. All right, I'll start Poloniex. At one point, was a a bucket shop. Bitrix, Bitrix, Mintpal, Mintpal. Rest in peace. Anybody trade on Mintpal? What was the one with uh, Big Al or whatever? Crypt, Cryptex. Uh, no, Big Al. It wasn't Big Al. You know who I'm talking about. Big Vern. Though. Big Vern. Big Vern. What was that? Uh, Crypt- 
Not Cryptopia. Not Cryptopia. What? what? Cryptopia. That was out of New Zealand. BTCE. I don't think they had margin, but they were out of Russia. Big Vern. BTZ was legit for a while. Big Vern. What did he run? You got to look that up. Because, I mean, he's, for any of you freaks, are relatively if new. You just type in Big Vern, it just comes up, right? Yeah, it has to. So dude, some dude in Florida was running a bucket shop. Cripsy. Cripsy. That's what it was. Yeah. And he stole everyone's money. Yeah. Nobody and knows, then, like, nobody knows he, like, where he is. Like, he moved to China. <laughs> yeah. He's gone. Um, obviously, Mount Cox. <laughs> they weren't trading margin, though. It was fucked up. Yeah. I, that, that's where I, I mean, if anyone's listening, that's where I lost all my Bitcoin. I mean, I've just been trying to recoup, you know, keep laid back since then. Yeah. Big Vern. What did he do? What did he try to raise for? Was it mining? I thought it was mining or something like that. And he just like exit scanned everybody. No, I mean, I mean, his exchange was just a piece of shit exchange. I mean, he he like tried to list every single shit coin that ever existed, and and a bunch of them had vulnerabilities, and then he got fucked. And then he was running fractional reserve for a while, and then he disappeared. Um, that actually reminds me, there was this so-called Bitcoin podcaster. That I've never heard before. Who was like, uh, I clicked a link that said it was a UPS tracking information, and then my crypto account got wiped out. Extrapolate on that. What are we talking about here? Your crypto account or like his crypto account? His. It, this is what he said. His crypto account, which, by the way, oh, what the fuck is a crypto yeah, account? Yeah, I remember seeing this. I remember um, seeing this. Yeah. I this was this am, week, right? Yeah. He is either full of shit and it's a boating accident and he's just trying to pretend that he lost his Bitcoin. Um, or he had no fucking business being a quote-unquote Bitcoin podcaster. Like, come on, people. Put your fucking mask on before you help other people. Yeah, no. I, you know, like, fucking figure out what the fuck you're doing. What the fuck is a crypto account? Anyone who says the words crypto or blockchain non-sarcastically <laughs> to, to talk about sh anything is, like, fucking full of shit. And I've got some heuristics for you freaks to look out for. They're going to have a, a Guy Fieri haircut. Usually they have a soul patch. They're wearing like a flannel shirt buttoned up. May have like a watch that is intended to look flashy, but it's probably cheap. Infuriating. They're they're trying to imbue that they know what they're talking about and understand what they're... I don't even know what I'm talking about, to be honest. Uh, no, but we're up front with that. And are you ready they for... They call themselves experts. They almost always call themselves experts. They're are you ready for experts. that? Are you ready for that? Rip they're into blockchain it. experts. Dude, we may... We may drop from the 32nd to like the 112th technology podcast because all these Not new experts the freaks, who are good at SEO the are going to come freaks are lightly in. shilling Tales from the Crypt to all their friends and family. And we're, we're going to be... Freaks, yeah. freaks, just to let you know, we're not good at SEO. We're not good at marketing. <laughs> the name was Tales from the Crypt. Like, didn't even have crypto in the name. Matt, I made love when me... people give you shit about cease and desist. Like Marty knows that he stole the name <laughs> from an even... HBO show. Like no one needs to explain that to Marty. Like he understands a hundred percent that he fucking took that name from the HBO show. That's actually, I mean, we've said it in this pot. Like, so I'm not shy to say it now. We know we will know we have made it when the original Tales from the Crypt cease and desist us. I love when people explain that to you. They're like. No, but Tales from the Crypt was already an HBO show. What? Like we're aware. We're very aware. 
Never heard of it. Never heard of it. <laughs> I actually used to watch it. And it was... And I... Like, hand up. I didn't even come up with the name. I was forced into this podcast. Shout out Lewis. Lewis... <laughs> <laughs> Lewis is going to come on the pod when we reach a new all-time high. Like a considerable all-time high. I want to be there for that one. We're going to do it. I need you, a mo- I need you freaks. I know... Let's I have like ha- person. I have half a montage written. I need to finish it. And He's I'm never ne- gonna finish it. I'm gonna finish it. No, I'm gonna finish Price it. Price it in. I have it written. I have it written. Price it in. It's never gonna be done. I have the background music in my mind. It's gonna happen. It's gotta happen. It's gotta happen. Cease and desist. We gotta get back to Lies. our roots. And we gotta get back to this list. We have some shit to talk about. Uh particularly our girl, Janine. Shout out Janine. This our mother- lady. Our lady, our woman, our queen, our queen. I like that. I like our I like queen. That the our best. queen's so good. Our queen. Uh, this month of Bitcoin privacy is out at e n e g n e i dot github dot i o. We're gonna link to it. Obviously. Uh, Twelve topics this month. Music two. It's a pretty massive. I haven't written about it yet because, frankly, I don't understand it too too well to be confident enough to write about it. But I do plan on writing Music two. A bunch of things. We're gonna to link to it. I'm not gonna explain what Janine's writing about, but yeah, just fucking read, read her shit. It's good. Yes. Um. And so now we got Bitcoin developers. Shout out to Gloria Zal, uh, and John Newberry and Mike Schmidt. All right. So we gotta. But we, we already gotta, shouted. We already spoke about Brink. They, did we? The freaks know about Brink. We spoke about it last week. All right. So Brink's first grant is going to Gloria Zal. No. No, they're doing grants and fellowships. This is their first fellowship. Oh, I thought it was like a the difference is the difference is it's not just it's not just money. They're like taking her under their wing, and they're gonna they're gonna make her the best Bitcoin developer they can make her. I like that, and I love right, John and w- which is why HRF and Square Crypto and on the HRF side it went through. Gemini actually donated to HRF, which donated to Brink. It's like a nice little. Russian doll thing uh, to 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 create this fellowship because Brink is ready to take them take her under the wing, right? Otherwise, they would have just given the grant directly. Like Square Crypto could have given her the grant, HRF could have given her the grant, Gemini could have given her the grant, but they do it through Brink because she's now a fellow, the first fellow. Thank you. For Does that make sense? That. Yes, it makes a lot of sense. And Gloria. A young buck too. She's like twenty one, right? She's awesome. She yeah. was on Stefan, our fellow networked podcast. And she that you should it. go listen to. Gloria, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on here too. Um again, shout out to John, John Mike Schmidty. We need to get you two on as well. John Newberry have, have they never been on? John Newberry is one of the most tenured guests on TFTC. I think he's been on three or four times. Okay, yeah, that's we need an thought. update. But like, I, that's the one thing about like the whole COVID shutdown is like, particularly with John, I love meeting. In they were with our John people and having like uh, John and I are known to drink a lot of old fashions when we get together. And John explained to me one of my favorite like heady out there theories about Bitcoin, where Bitcoin like isn't even like a monetary system; it's just a quantum computing alarm system that's that's created. what it is. I right? I prescribe to that theory actually. Do you? Explain it. It to makes freaks. a lot of sense. Explain it to freaks. It makes a lot. Satoshi's Satoshi's uh, coins are in a a pay to pub key. Um, it's not a pay to pub key hash, so it's 
it's not quantum See? resistant. Yeah. So if a quantum computer exists, that person could brute force Satoshi's private key. They could also brute force pretty much all encrypted communication. But, so but if the you rely on encryption, of the Bitcoin price is such that Satoshi's stash is so huge that it's like a huge monetary incentive to, to no, crack that. The fear, the fear is, let's say the Chinese government develops quantum, a real quantum capability, and they're able to break every single U.S. government encrypted communication. That's a major advantage for them. They can they they know every single fucking thing we talk about that is supposed to be secret and we don't know that they know about it. But meanwhile, you have this random Chinese researcher or whatever that's part of the team and he's like, We could steal hundreds of billions of dollars or whatever fucking Satoshi's coins are worth at that time if we fucking do it. So there's like this temptation, there's like this bounty to basically docs that they know that they, they they have this quantum capability it's like it's fucking fantastic i mean it, it really it does make a lot of fucking sense right that was when he i'll never forget where i was when john explained that theory to me the first i was at the smith across from barstool's offices on was that 28th and broadway that's where we met yeah that's where we met well we met at the ace hotel around the corner all right yeah yeah <laughs> can we tell how we met my lot of dots. I was from Austin. Yeah. Tell the story. Tell the goddamn story for the freaks. No, I was visiting from Austin. Yeah. I but I was it. really working like two blocks away, and I just <laughs> pretended I was visiting from Austin. Matt told me he was from Texas. Yeah, you set up my cover because you said it on the podcast, and everyone was like, well, Marty wouldn't lie to me. Ah, <laughs> uh, Look how far we've come. But it's been a, it's been a good it's been a good know, fucking couple of years, man. I remember exactly where I was sitting across from John Newberry. We're having some old fashions, and he described that uh, Satoshi stash as a quantum alarm system theory. It like, makes so much sense. Yeah. Well, even if that's not the reason, it is it is an alarm system. Like uh, yeah. to this day, it is legit. It's not a conspiracy theory. Like it's fucking legit. It's a bounty. An alarm system. It's a bounty for quantum computing. Yeah. And there's no way we can move it to like the pay to pubkey hash. No, unless Satoshi moves it. And if Satoshi moves it, he's going to tank our price. So we're like kind of stuck. Yeah. Hopefully we never, hopefully Bob McElrath's right. We'll never get to quantum computing. Well, we know we haven't hit it yet because Satoshi's coins haven't moved. Yeah. Um, so beware, freaks. Beware. It's fucking cool. It's super cool. Um, but also, I, I also like the, so the real conspiracy is that a time traveler wanted us to get to quantum quicker. So Bitcoin is the incentive Bounty. to get to quantum in the first place because any random ass researcher who figures it out could presumably monetize it through Satoshi's coins. There's like this global bounty but like, that's could happening. You, but could you monetize it through Satoshi's coins? Not coin? really. Like as soon as they move. going to tank the price. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's another thing. Like, what if Satoshi does come back and wants to move his coins? Like, does it tank the price temporarily? Everyone's going to think quantum exists. Right? Well, <laughs> so this is another theory, which may be a little I controversial. I just want Satoshi to move it all into Whirlpool. I, I I met Andrew DeSantis in person at one point, and he he has a theory. This is where all the Bitcoiners go crazy. Yeah. I haven't talked to this dude in quite a while. Stay humble. 
there was a theory that like Satoshi wanted to Where let his stash go? get to, uh, I have no idea. Let his stash get to a certain monetary value and then start like mechanical turking the uh, citizens of China to break them free of the Chinese Communist Party, <laughs> which would be like pretty, pretty heady if that's true too. But it would tank Stay the price of freaks. But he could like sign a message like, hey, we've just been waiting for this moment. Um, yeah, and so that's heady, heady Bitcoin as quantum computing security talk there. We've still got a list here. This was an Australian exchange, correct? BTC Markets. So I well, wait, before we go there, Gemini in general has announced a Bitcoin development opportunity fund after Peter McCormick completely shamed the Winklevi twins. So now they've dedicated $200,000 to Bitcoin development. $50,000 of it went through HRF to Brink for Gloria Zhao uh, for that, that fellowship. But they have another $150,000 that's going to go to Bitcoin core development. Um, so props to them. Uh, that, that's fantastic. That's what we want to see. I want to give a shout out to a good friend who I actually work with at Barstool, who's at Gemini now. Pretty sure he's like head of their corporate finance, Marshall Beard, who I've been talking to behind the scenes about this too. I've been like, dude, you guys need to invest in Bitcoin oh. development. So actually, the so the remaining one fifty goes to Brink directly, and and they're just gonna let John decide where that goes. I trust that. I mean, I think that's probably better than the Winklevoss deciding, to be honest. But we appreciate you guys for throwing money at the the cause. Even though I trust and that. I, and and just verifies. shout out to Peter McCormick for making that his fucking mission to just shame fucking people. <laughs> into fucking, he shamed he shamed Brian Armstrong first, and I'm pretty sure Brian still hasn't um, contributed anything. But uh, he's uh, mentioned that he's going to though. He got, a- he got he got Gemini to fucking write the check. So there we go. I want to give a shout out to Peter too. Um, episode with Eric Wall and Udi. Uh, nope, that was on Stefan's. Oh, that was Stefan's. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> it was a great it. episode. It was a great episode. Udi's good. Udi's good, man. He really is. He's off Twitter now. But we um, can still give... You want to give a shout out to Peter for shilling the bent all the time? That as well. I would like to. But it's just like any Bitcoin podcast, whether it be Stefan, Peter, uh Colin at Bitcoin, Echo Chamber, Swan, anybody trying to get information about Bitcoin out there. I know everybody disagree, not everybody, but some people disagree with the way content is distributed to individuals. Guess what? Different individuals like to consume different types of content. And I love that there is a variety of content reaching individuals who are more respective receptive to certain types of content. You started this podcast and even when I joined the podcast, which wasn't that much later, but it was, it was still later. Um, we didn't really have much Bitcoin only content. So, um, it is just really amazing to see how much that sphere has blossomed. Um, that, that we really have a plethora of a Bitcoin only content where, there's actually like competition and shit and like who, who are you going to listen to and, and who is your favorite Chad Saylor podcast with, you know, cause he was on like seven fucking podcasts. Not ours. Like that didn't exist. <laughs> that didn't exist two years ago. No. Um, Guy Swan. That's bullish. That's not priced in. No. Like, and people are like, Oh, like, Oh, are you like, are you worried about all these? No, I'm not worried about anybody. I love it. It's all additive. It's additive. It's not span the pie. Yeah, exactly. It's 
It's beautiful. We're all part of the same Bitcoin only network. Yeah, honestly, like um, if you want to practice what you preach, <laughs> no. we should just do better. And we love you, but you do better. I think I'm gonna be a little more forgiving of Pump. I love Pump. He just had fucking Brad Garlinghouse on for the second time. I didn't listen. Do better, Pump. Was he I know critical? Was he critical at least? I don't know. I didn't listen. I'm not gonna listen. You're I'm not gonna right. give you a click. All right, let's 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 do a two minute shit on Brad Garlinghouse <laughs> session here. You this dude All I know is Ripple pumped right afterwards. Ripple is a unregistered security. Which I don't care about that. Was launched by security Jed McCaleb, who was involved with Mt. Gox, Stellar, Ripple. Like Jed McCaleb is He created Mt. Gox. He created Mt. Gox. He sold it to uh Mark Carpellis knowing Already fractional reserve. That it was fractional reserve and that it was getting hacked. Like he was down in Costa Rica. He's like, Yeah, Mark Carpellis take this. Mark Carpellis. But then he's like, now he's dumping ripple. He's allowed <laughs> to dump like fifty stellar. fifty million ripple a day or something like that. Because he founded so, Stellar. And Stellar's a shit coin. I can't believe they're they got a clone shit coin, which is even worse. <sighs> I think. I don't even know. All right, so I will be critical of Pop here. Fucking Pop, why yeah. you haven't Brad Garring house on? But like at the same time, he convinced Kevin O'Leary to be pro Bitcoin. Fuck Kevin O'Leary, that dude's a douche. He's doing like the Kevin O'Leary is a fucking douche. I won't give a Pop fuck. Pop is about. like really good on CNBC and shit. He you know, exactly, he's like at, exactly. I will he's give. Good Pop. at getting the celebrities and I the agree. clips and shit. He was like, I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little jealous. He interviewed press. He married a fantastic woman. Paulina's fantastic. She's beautiful. She's incredible. She's intelligent. Intelligent. Strong woman. Bill Burr, my favorite comedian. Pomp's been on there. Yeah, Bill Burr. Burr he got Bill Burr. Yeah. But at the same time, too much shit coins. Yeah. What the fuck's going on, Pomp? So is that like the way it works? Like you had like the Pomp umbrella at the end and then like you just like enclose everybody in slowly but surely to the core of Bitcoin maximalism. That's the key, right? Yeah. I think he's, he's pulling like a lot our, of people in. These are like mainstream entrance into the Bitcoin only network. But like he needs to work a little bit on some of his selections. I think he's doing a good job. I love you, Pomp. Well, there you go on our frank discussion of Pomp on air. And all the Throughout podcasters, the frankly. <laughs> what? And all the podcasters. Uh, I mean, but look, I love our Bitcoin podcasters. I think it's fucking amazing what has happened um, to the point where like I, I like I honestly feel like I could just like walk away. And Daniel Prince once bitten. Oh, my God. He's so good. And yeah. fucking his daughter. Yeah, right, best podcaster in the, the whole question, game is right. Lauren. Yeah, She's the best. Love all y'all. It's all love, baby. If you're in, you're in it to, to spread Bitcoin love. Max Kaiser. I mean, he's crazy uh i like crazy i'm a big fan in of a crazy. good way he's crazy in a good way i, yeah. I think he he hears that he's like ah oh, such a compliment he's probably honestly like one of the people that pushed me towards bitcoin like early early on he's been it he's been around for a while max we will I'm mention him by max coin we do not like max coin we will forgive <laughs> you you have repented your your rage against the machine has been much appreciated uh, throughout the years and honestly opened up my eyes to the corruption that is inherent and uh, in, in inherent and widespread it's, across 
the banking industry. And honestly, regardless, fuck you, Stacy's amazing. Yes, she's fucking fantastic. She is. They're they're an incredible duo. Good duo. <sighs> that was a little. That was a little divergence there. I don't. I don't know. Whatever. Cheers to the Bitcoin network, man. Appreciate yeah. you all. We're all part of it. Um, the Venezuelan military released a beautiful propaganda Bitcoin mining video how, um, that would put GAM to shame. How? Like, like Great American Mining is just, they're sitting there, they're like, I can't believe the Venezuelans are just dunking on us like this. They got they got guys with the, the masks, they're all in uniform, they're like loading ASICs up, and they, they're like clicking things on computers, and like, what are we doing? How hot do you think that one guy was? <laughs> <laughs> it was sitting next to like 10 ASICs. Like buzzing, See, it, hit, it, it hit Gam hard. Gam is just like we, we gotta fucking attack them. We're just fucking we're angry. That's actually our our main mission at Gam is to attack. <laughs> no, but it's how good's that video though? It's, it's hilarious. It's like everybody in like full on like ghillie gear. They're wearing their like full khakis. <laughs> and they're like, but they're sitting indoors like with a bunch of Asics on. Like the ventilation in the space is. Not ideal. Like, I hope they're testing. I hope they're just testing for the... Si- I mean... I hope the, the individual Venezuelans are benefiting more from Bitcoin mining than the Maduro regime. If, uh, so if the pictures it's that so were good. shared by the Maduro regime are true, like, I don't think they're actually mining profitably or efficiently. It's just a bunch of it people doesn't s- matter. They don't care. No. They have cheap oil. They have cheap energy. They have the cheapest oil on the planet, I'm pretty sure, too. They're ruining it, though. They don't have any petro engineers. They like literally ruin the infrastructure that allows them to uh, pull their oil to the ground, process it, and actually use it. Like, if you're a sanctioned, if you're a sanctioned country and you have a ton of cheap energy, like Bitcoin is the most obvious fucking thing ever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, no brainer. Speaking of Bitcoin mining, North American mining that pool announced so Titan. Uh, yeah, what's so? What's your take on this? It came out of nowhere. Uh, there are two miners in the U.S. that are a part of it. Uh, the New York miners and the B- yeah, B- Bitcoin SV guys. The Greenwich. Um, I'm pretty sure it's the Greenwich uh, power plant. They're directing their their. Hash, hash rate. At well, the, it's the upstate then, New York guys. Yeah, yeah, Greenwich, Greenwich, Greenage, Greenage, Green Ridge, Green right? Ridge, yeah. And then Core Scientific, which is BSV. Yeah, um, I think it's just. I think honestly, even though it's is it a, bullshit, even though it's in Bitcoin Magazine, which is a publication we respect, I think it's just a PR stunt. We're not gonna. Uh, and it, it feels like know your hash kind of bullshit too. Yeah, it's, it's not anything we would seriously consider it great american mining okay next 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 topic uh this is pretty huge like how the fuck did this happen the ios remote ex- exploit oh my god dude this is really bad this was like one dude who just worked on this during quarantine <laughs> the home and board and he was just like he was like i want to troll my kids and he just like figured out how to just completely own any ios device one click download too. all your pictures all your messages all your emails completely own it run any code he wanted to remotely on your device if he was within range yeah so you're you are a security guru here let's break it no, down i'm not a guru 
I know. This but, is not good. Yeah, it's fucked. So it's like I looked at my iPhone and was fucking threw it in the toilet the other day. I was like, what the well, fuck? No, if, if you've updated since March or whatever, like it's patched. Like you've patched it. The issue really, I think, is, and, and something that iPhone has been dealing with lately, is, is the negative of Android is that there's so many different phones from so many different manufacturers so like you don't get like the latest and greatest on each device, right? Like if you have like some random Huawei phone or some random Samsung phone, like you might not have like the latest and greatest Android and, and it's super fragmented, right? And, and they have all these issues with like apps might not work as good on different phones. It works against you on the security side, right? Because with iPhone, because they're all so similar, if you get an iPhone vulnerability, like you own all Apple iPhone users, right? And if you talk about America, it's like 50, 60% of people are, are, are carrying iPhones. It is such a good target, right? And and the key thing that the, our favorite people, the efficient market hypothesis people should be considering here is that if you look at vulnerability pricing on these darknet markets, um, the iPhone pricing is down and the Android pricing is up. It's it's cheaper to buy a vulnerability for iPhone because they're all the same code base. Um, so so this guy just like straight up fucking owned iPhones and iPads. Just and straight up like, owned them. If you're in range, he owns your device. He was some Done. bored dad too. He was just like, uh. Yeah, like the U.S. government already owned you on that on this vulnerability, and they were hiding it. And this guy figured it out. He reported it responsibly. It was fixed, and then he he responsibly disclosed it like this week. Um, but it's fucked up. So just, I mean, operate under the assumption that all these devices are compromised. Like that's what you should operate under. But at the same time, like install Graphene OS and try and make it a little bit more difficult. Yes. Speaking on this hacking, giving out information, ACLU is suing the U S government over buying location data for immigrants, right? It's department of Homeland Security. It's not just immigrants. They're like, they're suing everybody in the u.s government and they're suing them because they're buying our location data from marketers to get around the constitution um and fuck. they don't need warrants they can just buy our data so the aclu is suing them the aclu in the past has been very good recently they've kind of lost their way so it's good to see them do this this is exactly what we want them to do yeah, um, become, this is the type of fight we want to see aclu is becoming woke Woker, yeah, woker. they're becoming a little bit too political. But like in the yeah. past, they would just they would defend neo Nazis. They didn't care. They would yeah. defend everybody, and that was the beauty of them. Um, and it, it kind of feels like they're getting back into it a little bit. And I'm like a little bit excited, you know. So like this is good to see. Uh, this is exactly what we want them to do. Um, the U.S. government should not be buying location data from marketers. Yes, um, marketers should not be harvesting our location data. Exactly, all we those should. things together. You know, and here we are. Yeah. And before anybody tries to run with a with a blurb from the end of this podcast, Matt is not supporting Nazis here. He's saying if you wanted to defend freedom, liberty. When it, yeah, the ACLU got shit because they would like uh if in, if if neo Nazis wanted to do a protest or something or a march, they would defend the neo Nazis. Yeah. Which uh, is we did, like they they didn't care about politics. No. Like politics weren't the thing. They just cared about civil liberties. It was the number one thing they cared about. And they got a little bit too woke recently 
but I feel like a little bit, I feel like this, this case is like the tip of the iceberg of them. Hopefully coming back to their roots. Yeah. We're just civil liberties is all the only thing that matters. It doesn't matter what the political leanings of the individuals in question are. Exactly. So for any of you new freaks, we're not supporting Nazis here. You're supporting, if you're going to defend free speech, exactly. If you're going to defend free speech, believe in free speech, freedom of association, you have to defend it for the people you most loathe as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be, it's exactly how they're going to level. Well, how governments are going to level arguments against private Bitcoin usage is going to be like, oh, well, Nazis are using it, you know? Yeah. It's hundred percent what they're going to say. Nazis um, are ISIS. And, They've already used ISIS as yeah. a, as a crutch. Or vanilla, well. vanilla ice. Is. <laughs> vanilla ice. Vanilla ice is dangerous. You guys got to watch out. That song is detrimental to your, your mental health. And he copped David Bowie and Queen. And so you should never listen to that song ever. Dun, 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 I added the ch. I added the ch. Last topic of our insane list is just Matt laughing at ETH 2.0 because his beautiful prediction of the fact that all these proof-of-state networks would centralize. was on the day they launched. It's absurd. And Hasu, I know a lot of Bitcoiners don't like Hasu. I love Hasu. I consider him a good friend. He's our boy. I don't agree with everything. No, he he's an in. idiot for a lot of things. And like, he'll learn. But he he'll got get, a lot of he'll shit. He'll figure it out. He got a lot of shit for calling the Beacon Ethereum 2.0 chain Beth from Vitalik, particularly, right? And what did he get shit about? Calling it Beth. Like, Vitalik was like, why would you call it Beth? It's ETH2. And. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. And, and well, anyway, then Binance comes out. Games, win shitty prizes exactly. or whatever. Binance comes out. It's like, yeah, Beth, you're going to get higher interest rates. Okay, that's Stake not the funny part. The funny part is December 2017, I was like, the problem with proof of stake is that most people are going to stake with exchanges. Exchanges already have too much power over the ecosystem. They're going to have even more power over your chain. And that those exchanges will offer incentives for users to to uh, stake with them in the form and they of will give them re- they will give them rewards that are larger than if they if they st- if they staked self custody wise right and then meanwhile the eth2 test chain launches and the day it launches binance the largest fucking uh, I mean, besides buy, besides Coinbase, the second largest fucking exchange, they say, not only will we stake your ETH too, but we will give you rewards larger than if, if you stake self custody. They literally just it was it was exactly what I fucking predicted in like, December 2017. It's like they crafted a blog post and a tweet to add to your thread. Yeah, and you. it's like, why do you want fucking CK, Binance, like fucking major validator of your chain like that is you're just adding this huge liability it's so you know you're gonna learn your lesson you're about to see the incentives are such that it's natural like you can't get away from it well you can pow fixes this well pow it's like pow doesn't have to pow already worked they're trying to fix yeah. POW and P- POW proof of work does not need to be fixed. It works beautifully. They're giving double rewards. 
Users who have completed KYC prior to the end of the activity period will receive an additional reward in BNB equivalent to the average BNB ETH value. This is like everything that is wrong. Right. Why? With why this is that fucking industry? I'm is, telling you guys, like this is gonna blow up in their fucking faces. And I, I almost am like, why am I talking about it? Because I just want to see out. it blow up, so I can say, "Told you so." Like, why am I setting them up to figure it out? But here you go. You but know, you've been welcome. warning them for literally three years on this at this yeah. point. And I'll it's... send you the bill, guys. Like, you owe me money. You owe <laughs> right. me lots of money. Right. Preferably paid in sats. Yes. Not gay or gay, whatever it's called. <laughs> but the, uh, it's. I mean. You've been calling this for years, and it's just poetic. Unreal. That it's it natural literally, progression. Yeah, it's it's literally predictable, the incentives of the system. It happened day one. But everybody, put your hands up, cheer. ETH Beacon Chain 2.0 is here. It's going to revolutionize the world. Did you see uh, Vitalik's new roadmap? He's got like nice little progress bars and everything, too. It literally looks like the Pepe, Silvia, Charlie uh, board from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. We'll see how this plays out. I'm well, excited for it. Matthew, we have to post this episode. We do. It's been two hours and 20 minutes, and we love you all. This is a good rip. I'm very content after this rip. Very cathartic rip. Love all you freaks. Again, I was astonished when... I checked the the Spotify stats and they're like thirty second, unreal most popular technology podcast in the United States, not in the world, only on Spotify. But oh, it's only in the U.S. Yes. Oh come on, freaks! I expect at least thirty second in the in the world. I've been quoting world. No, no, U.S. U.S. You gotta read. Ah, you gotta read. Matt, shame, shame, freaks. We love you. Thank you for coming back. If you guys are liking this, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Uh, we're going to be doing this every Thursday, unless there's a holiday that falls on a Thursday. Uh, and then we'll do it on a Wednesday or a Friday. Yes. Because we haven't skipped a fucking week since. Two years. We skipped that one years. week, and that was bad. Now, what was that, like Christmas week? Year <laughs> like we skipped a single week. There's yeah. a single week we skipped, and we just felt horrible about yeah. it. And we'll never do that to you freaks again. We love you all. Stay humble. Stack sats. Keep it real. Peace and love.